Okay, Rupert, David Letterman hasn't been on CBS for years, yet his merchandise is still killing it. The only place that you can get official Letterman, Late Show with David Letterman merchandise is right here at the Hello Deli. How do people get this merchandise other than coming in here? Obviously, you want to come in here. If you're in New York, right. come to the Ed Sullivan Theater, come to uh, the Hello Deli, get yourself a Paul Schaefer sandwich uh, or something else, and then buy some merchandise. If people can't make it to New York, what's the best way to get some of this merchandise. Well, they can get on my website, um, hello-deli.com, yep. and order it there. Now, do you pack that yourself? Do you pack it, uh, this merchandise, and send it off to people yourself? I, I do. Okay, yep. if um, if people ask you to add onions to the order, will you add onions to the order? Absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, the Hello Deli is the sponsor of the Letterman Podcast. We are so grateful for that, Rupert. We're so grateful for you. And my pleasure. on a personal note, thank you for the years and years and years of entertainment that you have brought not just America, Thank I'm Canadian, you. but brought the world. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure. Thank you for watching. Absolutely. Hey, Dave Rogowski here congratulating the Letterman Podcast and Mike Chisholm on the one-year anniversary of the podcast, the Letterman Podcast. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk for almost two hours about myself. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I enjoy many other podcast uh, episodes with the writers and the other folks that were involved in the show, uh, keep up the good work. There's only one person as obsessed with the show uh, as you are, and you know who that is. All right, keep it up. La, 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 la. All right, once again, welcome to the Letterman Podcast with Mike Chisholm. Coincidentally, I am Mike Chisholm. I am so excited for this episode. Uh, the intro for this is going to be a little bit different. Um, the, the next two episodes that we have coming out are awesome. Uh, we may have a bonus one that comes out this week or next week. It all depends. But uh, the next two Fridays, the next normal incarnations of the Letterman Podcast are good uh, for a variety of reasons. Number one, uh, if you, people are watching it um, as they come out, and there's a few thousand, I guess, who are doing that now, uh, which is really gratifying. Thank you very much for the early adopters. Um, but uh, it, it's the writer, the writer strike just happened. So right now we are in May of 2023, and we're at the time where there's a writer strike. This happens every every decade or so it seems and has um ever since i was a boy i can remember writer strikes uh when i was a boy um i'm really excited for this writer strike um not because any of my friends uh, a lot of these people are friends now and 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 the writers are some of my very favorite episodes i love having letterman writers and former letterman writers on here the next two episodes feature letterman writers uh and right now is a time where we in my opinion need to support um, the Writers Guild of America. We need to support uh, television and movie, uh, film, uh, all sorts of writers, creatives, people who come up with these ideas. And the reason I'm excited that it's happening right now is because we are on the precipice of um, unprecedented times when it comes to content. Uh, AI is showing up. And in the last... Uh, writer strike. I believe streaming was becoming part of a part of the equation. Um, you know, so when whenever we have, uh, and I think maybe the one before that, it had to do with new formats. Um, you know, of old content and, and and things like that. It's important. I I fully fully believe that we need to support these writers. Uh, I've looked a little bit about AI. We're in the infancy of AI being creative, and I think that um, it's a good time right now for the writers to solidify their place. 
Um, because at the end of the day, artists, artists needs to, needs to get paid. Carter Bay's former Letterman writer, uh, also wrote on MTV and then went on to create the show, how I met your mother. Um, fantastic example of a creative, um, in the business that ended up being able to make a nice living from it. Not all writers can say the same. In fact, a lot can't. And when we look at AI, I don't know very much about this. I'm a buffoon in most areas. Uh, from what I can see, though, what AI does now is that they will go and uh, these programs will go and they will scour the Internet. They will come up with uh, different ideas, match, mix them and match them together. It understands how tone is involved and things like that. And they will come up with something that appears to be a new idea. In my opinion, the best writers out there are the ones who come up with something that's brand new something that can't be scoured for and found, something that comes from the whimsy um, of the muse, of inspiration. And at the end of the day, if we don't continue to create a place where some of these people, these creatives can make a living, in fact, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned, um, we as a society are, are in trouble when it comes to art, when it comes to uh, uh, creative endeavors. So uh, right now, as the writers have gone on strike, um, you know, if, if I can help in any way, shape or form, uh, get your message out there. Uh, I want to do that. Now, this message with Carter or this episode with Carter was recorded a few weeks ago, but we did talk about the looming potential strike. We are now in strike mode right now for the writers. Uh, and I'm very excited to present this episode of, with, with Carter Bays. We talk about everything, you know. Uh, first, okay, we talk about his new novel, um, The Mutual Friend, and how that's how that's going and how that might be adapted into something. Um, we talk about his, uh, you know, he was part of a comedy team with Craig. He came along and 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 uh, wrote on Letterman. They became mailbag. Uh, you know, kingpins, they wrote a lot of mailbag segments for the late show. Um, so we talked about all of that and, and had just a fantastic conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, we also talked about this looming strike. And I, I wanted to shoot a different, a different intro today. Uh, because if you're watching it real time, let's do what we can to support the writers. Even if it's a matter of just sending support on social media, that kind of thing, I can promise you, um, as the strike goes on, you know, at the beginning of it, there's lots of footage and different things. And by the way, if you're going to be a union that strikes, the comedy writers are the ones that come up with the best signs. I will tell you, there's some clever signs out there. Maybe we'll do some uh, some things uh, moving forward with some of these amazing writers that um, are friends of our show and talk about some of these signs that are out there. Uh, but let's support these creators. Let's support these artists in unprecedented times. Get them a deal so they can continue to do what we, the viewing audience, love so much, and that is taking in new, fresh content uh, or old content that it's just shown a little bit different and it's driven into the ground. Uh, both of those things are are, are, are things that we love uh, as an audience. Um, so yeah, on behalf of uh, everybody involved with the Letterman podcast, all you, the whole crew, everybody, everybody here, we're all in agreement, right? Right. There's nobody here. Um, thank you very much to all of the writers that are out there. We wish you the best of luck while you're on the picket line. And uh, may this be a very short, uh, short strike at this end of the day. Um, I'm still doing what I'm doing here, trying to come up with these great episodes this week and next week are kind of connected or they've got a, a little bit of synergy to them. Um, but um, yeah, without further ado, uh, the Letterman podcast is proud to present Carter Bay's. We're here we are. Carter Bays, thank you so much for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to uh, come on the Letterman Podcast. I am stoked about this today. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I, I'm, I, I love, I love my time working at Letterman. I love talking about Letterman. So yeah, this is, this is great. Very excited. Uh, it's cool. And, and I know that you spend a lot of time talking about things that aren't Letterman. We're going to do that today too, because I want to provide context. Um, and, and I think that there is a really cool lineage um, over the, over the, 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 the body of work that is uh, David Letterman and company. Um, you're, you're a 75 baby, right? You're uh, 75. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. I'm yeah, 76. The... Okay. So I'm, okay, we're, both yeah. gen, we're both Gen Xers. Yep. And I love our viewpoint of the Letterman lineage. Like I'll never forget. Uh, I, I, we talked about this with Grossman the first time he came on. Um, you know, uh, Dave brings Grossman on, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and identifies him as a writer for the show. And I'm, as a viewer, looking at him going, there's a guy who's like my age and he's writing, <laughs> you know, and and, yeah. and back in the day, it was like people like, you know, O'Donnell and some of these other people, uh, Kellison, Spike Ferris, like people who are a little bit older um, who create this entertainment and we're the viewer. And then you get to see people that are your age that are actually contributing to the machine yeah and it, it's exciting to... for a minute and then you start to feel really old and, and you start realizing <laughs> like oh no <laughs> i've grown up what happened right yeah. um and and i love i love the folks who have like there was the initial run of writers and then they uh, a bunch of them went off to the simpsons and to uh, you know you think about paul mm -hmm. sims and, and some of the stuff he did and, and 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 there's countless other examples of this um and and then you know you see the gen xers who basically lasted to the tail end of the of the legacy, um, or or even right to the end, and then you go and see what they do. And I just love the fact that I get to talk to you a little bit about that because I mean, you know, okay, wrote for Letterman for you and Craig wrote for Letterman for what five years? Uh yes, four four and a half years. We we rounded up to five, but yeah. Uh, writing team with Craig Thomas. I want to talk to you about that. But then mm -hmm. you know when that run was over, went on to create one of the most successful sitcoms in the modern age, um, How I Met Your Mother and and, and the spinoff and all of that stuff after Letterman. Um, you've We've heard this many times that sometimes writers, like people will get Late Night with David Letterman or The Late Show with David Letterman on their resume and it opens up a lot of doors. Did you find that or were you grinding it kind of on the side and the work ethic that you learned kind of at Letterman helped lead to some of these other amazing projects? Oh, I, I think it's all of those. I I think for sure there was it, it there was a, a perceived conveyor belt from the writer's room of, of Letterman out to Los Angeles. I, I, I think like the producers used to joke about like they, they all eventually leave and go right for the Simpsons and get BMWs and, 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 and uh, uh, so it was definitely, but I also, you know, I, it, it, at the same time, it was, I, yeah, I, I, the, the, the things I learned at the show, working at the show are, are and, and that Craig learned, I think he would tell you the same thing were uh, just had everything to do with everything that came afterwards for us, because we really did. Uh, it was such an, I, I always refer to it as my comedy MFA because I wasn't really, uh, you know, I was an English major in college, but like, there's no, there, the, you know, comedy writing wasn't really something that I ever aspired to or did. I mean, I, I like to like joke around with my friends, but I wasn't like, uh, um, you know, I, I wasn't a stand-up comedian. Uh, I'd done a little bit of improv in high school, just in just enough to learn that I'm not a performer and that that's not for me. But uh, so as a result, like, I, I think um, 
you know, I, I always loved comedy and I loved, I, 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 I you know, I, I loved, uh, you know, films and TV that, that like, I, I, like comedy was, was something I, I always adored, but didn't really know how to do. And, yeah. and, uh, I think nobody gets good at that job at, at at making comedy, and I'm not even saying that I really got very good at it, but I got as good as I possibly could get, I think, with yep. with my with the skills that I had. From, I mean, the only way you do it is by putting your material out in front of an audience on a regular basis, over and over again, until you figure out you figure out like first of all, you figure out what works, and you also yep. develop that churning thing in your in the furnace of your belly that like you don't like hearing silence after a joke and oh, it yeah. you so much that like it, it it makes you like fight through to like you know make this can i make this joke any funnier can is there anything i can tweak here to make it just a little bit better and letterman you know it was four and a half years of that just over and over again and and having to constantly come up with new material and for someone who's not a performer like this was it, it I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have that because I wouldn't I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like like just just the you know, usually I mean I, I feel like like stand up and improv are two careers that that lead very well into comedy writing. Uh yep. just because for for that very reason. Like when you're doing stand-up, you're going up in front of an audience every day and you're you're fighting that dragon and facing facing the 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 terrifying possibility that all your jokes will tank and no one will laugh. <laughs> and I and and that's how you get good at it. There's no shortcut to it. it. It's it's that's it's like going to the gym. Like you just have yeah. to build up that those muscles and and uh that for someone who's not a performer doesn't want to go up and do stand up in front of a mic or or do improv, uh, you know, that's what this was. And and yeah. uh, so I, I think that I learned how to write a joke from from David Letterman and from the people I work with. Uh, that was so well put. Um, you're good at this. And I, I mean, uh, it, it makes sense that you would be good at this. Uh, I, I just, I love Thank the you. conversation already. Um, I guess the first place, let's go back to, you came on and I, I love the idea of writing teams. Uh, I, I want to talk to Craig, I, I, I you know, and, 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 and then maybe at some point uh, it would be cool to have you both on here and maybe start talking about this stuff. I know you gave Don a, uh, Don's got a big list of stuff that you guys did and it would be fun <laughs> yeah. to dig into some of these things and, and, and go through them together with both of your perspectives. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Don, Don's putting together my reel. He's putting together all, all, all the stuff that Craig and I wrote together. Uh, we're going to, we're, we're, he's uh, assembling all those videos and, and we're going to go back and watch them after. 25 years away from it so it'll it'll be fun um i i need to know what happened first you meet craig you guys get hired on you start with the late show meet him afterwards tell our viewers because i mean there's so many different ways uh for the unlikely path to being a writer at late show because yeah, a lot of I, people came in without thinking that they were going to be a comedy writer and ended up being a pretty darn good one uh great example of that here how did it start how tell us the story I mean, it, it was, we were very, 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 very lucky. I think that, that there's no other way uh, to, to say it. Like we, um, Craig and I met in college. We were in a band together, actually. We were in a nine piece uh, rhythm and blues soul band. Like like we played all like Memphis soul, like Otis Redding, Sam and Dave. Like we were obsessed with that kind of music and and, and wow. uh, like the whole like Stax records. Like it, it was it was something that like, it, it was a small obsession that we had that like independently. And yeah. then, um, but like we, we, we started this band and 
What was it called? And what were your roles in the band? I can't. I don't want to say the name of the band. The band is so like now. I mean, I'll I'll say it now that you've asked. But it was. I didn't pick this name, but uh, I don't know how it. I don't know how this. But it was the fact that it was like nine dudes in this band. Uh, We were called the Testosterones. That was the name of the band. I don't. I don't know why. And I'm. I'm. I'm so ashamed of that name. But. uh, uh but anyway it was a great band we actually like i I am proud of the music we made it was really fun we had a horn section did you play Uh, it like did you play did you sing did you what what i was the singer and and craig played the drums uh and and like it was such a big band there was such a crowd that we we were friends and we knew each other but it wasn't like we, we didn't get really super close uh that whole year doing that being in that band together but then uh the summer that was our junior year and the summer between junior and senior year, Craig and I both applied to this uh, internship, which was yep. uh, for uh, MTV. And we worked at, uh, at, at uh, we, we, we spent the summer just a completely formative. So like the most important summer of my life, basically, was it was uh, living in New York City. Um, I, or I lived like right outside at my grandparents' house and, and Craig lived in it. He was staying at his mom's house in Long Island. But we were commuting into New York City uh, um, uh, at at the MTV headquarters in Times Square at 1515 yep. Broadway in Times wow. Square. And um, we were working in the and, and really it was just like my priorities were I love New York. I want to I want to find a way to live in New York for a summer because I'm thinking about like I'm, I'm graduation's coming. I want to see if I could like live be a New Yorker. If and, I can um, make it there, I can make it anywhere. Yeah. And, yep. and I saw this bullet, I saw this, like, it, I mean, this is, this dates it, this is how long ago it was. It was a, uh, a, a printout, like a Xerox little, uh, flyer, uh, thumbtacked to the, 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 uh, cork board in the career center at Wesleyan university. And like, this is when, you know, before this, this is back when things you, you would find these things on cork boards basically. And, uh, we, uh, we both saw the same flyer and we both applied to it and it was MTV. I loved MTV. I loved music. I, I, you know, I was, you know, born in 1975. It's like, this is the heyday of MTV. I would say the peak of MTV because it's like just before the Napsters and all that stuff, it was a juggernaut still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think there was the feeling that maybe it had had like just peaked like a few years back. And now it was kind of like, because it, it was, this was in the, Real this world had started in, in like the, the sort of because in the 1990s, there was like this MTV identity crisis where they stopped playing videos so much and were focusing on they had like the real world and road rules and yep. singled out the game show. Yep. Uh, and, and, and they were really there was there was sort of this overall feeling. And, and this so when we we arrived, we were, we were working at the uh, in the development department, which is the department that cooks up new shows that's yeah. what development is you're developing the new shows to to show on the on the show and and when we arrived mtv was in this identity crisis where they they wanted to feel like you know they wanted to you know keep their brand going and expand their brand and and, and yep. get bigger and bigger because that's what that's what brands want to do yep. uh but also they were veering away from just 
showing music videos, which, yes. which you know, it, it was kind of bittersweet because it was like I think music videos were such a it's such a beautiful art form, and and I wish I wish that was as as uh, I mean it was such a great like medium of just like this four minute short film, and and the things that were done with it were really uh, revolutionary. And, and do you have any favorite music videos of all time, Carter? Oh, I mean, I don't I don't know where to begin. I I, I, I you know, I was just I just saying that reminded me of the uh, like the OK Go videos, because I feel like they're the last the, those are the last music videos that really like felt like sort of dazzling and like did more did more with it than just show you the 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 band singing the song. Like, I don't know. If For the, sure. Like, uh, what's that one song? Uh, 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 this Too Shall Pass or. or yep. Yeah, I think it was called. Uh, uh, you know, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic. No, the... no, 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 no. Because it was uh, a cult. Uh, growing up for us, that was formative. Like I think about my favorite bands and 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 the ones that are nostalgic that have stayed with me since then. Like I'm a I'm a huge Radiohead fan. The video for Just oh, was like it, it was. Oh, where it, everyone's lying on the on the ground, like yes, the, sir. the sidewalk. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. There now you go. okay. Now you're, you're you're unlocking the doors in my brain and like the. Like Radiohead's videos were always terrific. Like uh, there was like High and Dry. I remember. Yes, that, with um, the filling of the yes. Yeah, and and the uh, oh 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 no, that was uh oh that was uh, I, no surprises. That was no surprises. Yes, that was no oh, surprises. My God. Yes, yeah. that was great. And oh, uh, Karma Police with the guy being chased by the car. Whoa, right. that was like, and and it's like one should go watch, go watch the Karma Police video. That was the kind of stuff that people were doing, and it's it was so just like, I don't know, you don't have that unabashed like artistic spirit in things. I mean, I feel like like certain shows like uh, like Atlanta, I feel like kind of come close to that like that yes. that feeling of like I literally don't know what I'm going to see next, and 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 I feel like Dave that, is like that, that too. I find that day if you've watched yeah. Dave. David's, That's like well, that he makes too. great videos too. His, his music videos are fantastic. Born uh, again of this era that was raised by it, and yeah. now it's his kind of spin in this modern age on yeah. on what he was raised on. And I, I yes, abso yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So you got to like, work there. You got to work at MTV. Like and and, and it was yeah, and and like and I think this 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 pinpoints it exactly like when I arrived because it was at a moment when MTV had been this like genuinely important cultural force that like yes. had like genuinely like launched like real like artistic careers into the popular consciousness which was great but yes. they were also it, it had been a couple of years of them doing like singled out with jenny mccarthy you know they were starting to like they were starting to be this vibe of like you know they've curdled a little bit and it's yep. not they're not doing like interesting things again yep uh and so yeah, we we arrived and that was kind of the mission. The mission was how do we start doing things that are other than music videos but but with an MTV uh uh imprimatur. Yeah. And and uh uh specifically the question when we arrived was what is the MTV sitcom? Like that was the big question like sort of like if you just mm -hmm. imagine it like written on the wall like it was just what is the MTV sitcom? Mm -hmm. What is it what is a sitcom? What's the MTV version of what a sitcom could be? Uh and we we arrived working in the development department for uh, uh some wonderful people uh, named uh, Jeremiah Bossgang and Carol Ang and mm -hmm. the, these were our our bosses and they were we 
you know, we had never, I had never considered TV writing as a job. I had never, it never occurred to me that like, that's something that like, there's, there are people out there that cash a paycheck every week yep. writing the funny things that I see on hmm. TV. It just yep. never really crossed my mind, but that was the summer that it did cross my mind. And it did like, it became, it, it was sort of like a window into, oh, this is how it works. And, you know, it, being in development uh, meant, especially being an intern in the development department meant sort of like uh we we were like uh you know meeting various like writers at the elevator and bringing them in to and giving them their bottle of water and mm -hmm. and uh the uh basically writers coming in to pitch their idea of what an MTV sitcom could be and you know we saw a lot of we we, we like read a lot of scripts that year we sort of we really got a sense of like how sitcoms work through this through this process, and also I mean just as a as an aside like so and and this is not to take anything away from because because uh, Jeremiah and Carol were were brilliant executives and really smart yeah and and but at the same time you you just you just realize how much of it is luck and how much of it is like how easy it is to sort of like miss like I, I guess what I'm getting at is. Uh, the the number of things that we saw that summer that almost could have could have gone on MTV but ended up not yeah but then became like like there was like uh the the screenplay for uh uh being John Malkovich arrived oh in our oh my god because MTV films was starting up too at the same time yeah and, and Spike Jones very very much in the MTV universe with the pieces yeah, oh of art my that god he created. It, it was, yes yeah it was like this yeah. uh, it it felt like a like a, a six inch putt except it was just you know you have to remember that at that time like imagine getting that screenplay and it's just like the first question is like is John Malkovich attached to this and he wasn't. <laughs> He was not attached. Like I, there was no like I don't I don't know if people even I don't know if he was even aware of the script at this time when I read it. So it was like, who is this guy writing a script called Being John Malkovich, where the main character, like one of the main characters, is John Malkovich, and we don't know if it's John Malkovich. And so it was like, you know, they they respect. I think they respectfully passed on it. That I, I don't I don't remember, <laughs> but I think they didn't. I think MTV didn't produce that one, but and and for that reason, and like you know, it's. In hindsight, it's like, yeah, that was the right choice. Like, like if you're like, if you're like at the blackjack table, like you, you know, you 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 double down when you're supposed to double down, and and you and you you know, we're gonna hit on twenty. You know, yeah, you know, but like you know, that would have been that would have been hitting on twenty, but someone someone hit on twenty and came up with an ace. So that was that was uh, uh, another one that 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 came around was uh, um, they were like, you know, often our bosses would be like, oh, have you seen this? You got to check this thing out. And one of the things they showed us was like, oh, there's this funny video of these, uh, th it's this cartoon of these little kids and they're swearing and it, and it's really funny. So and it's, funny. it's, it's, it's Jesus fighting a Kung Fu battle with Santa Claus. And <laughs> isn't this great? And we watched it and like, it blew our minds. We were laughing so hard and it was just kind of this feeling of like, oh God, that's so funny, but you can't have kids swearing on TV. So yeah, we can't, we obviously can't do this, but how funny is this? And like, you know, and, and we were, uh, one floor up from uh, Comedy Central, so like that right. that tape somehow made its way downstairs, and I guess the people at Comedy Central, they figured out how to do it. They oh, said, yeah. you know what, maybe we can do this show with these kids who swear, and <laughs> the rest is obviously history. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, it it was an amazing summer, and it definitely yes. uh, it was uh, sort of. 
eye-opening uh i think you know and i was i was i was really thinking about this and sort of like self-analyzing uh, uh the other day and like it occurred to me like i really feel like i part of what drew me to tv writing was i i really i love the arts and i love writing and i love like creating and it, it always felt like like something i i i wanted to do but i also just I grew up in a household with you know a dad who put on a suit every day and went to work and my mom went to work too and and I really uh I think I really had it like I didn't I didn't grow up exposed to like the bohemian lifestyle you know I didn't I didn't grow up exposed yeah. to like this idea of being an artist where you're just kind of floating through life and just like making ends meet where you can uh and which is so romantic and wonderful and I kind of wish I had that but at the same time I'm grateful for you know the the work ethic that my dad taught me and you know and 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 the the that sort of like that stability and solidity so i write tv writing specifically felt like it hit this like sweet spot of you're being creative and and you're you're putting your work out into the world and and you're 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 participating in the artistic conversation of the universe but you also have an office Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, you you, you have a structure. A time that you're supposed to be at work every day, and a time yep. that you leave every day. It's a structure, and and yep. and I think I like, I think my temperament was like drawn to, like I want a job. I don't want a, a just thing where it's like, oh, I don't feel like writing today. You know, I, I want to like, I want to like have be in in that. Yeah, I want to be on a treadmill. You know, <laughs> uh, well, you sure got it when you went to Letterman. Yeah, uh, you that, sure that, had that the was, opportunity. That was, that was the uh, that was the 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 big takeaway so it was so anyway i just uh, to to finish the story like yeah. that summer in addition to that craig and i kind of became best friends and we we in addition to uh all the stuff we did at work we like started making music together on weekends we would like go to his house and like record record music on 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 in his basement he had a drum set and uh that was kind of the that that summer was the birth of the solids in, um, among other things who you know which was our our band that we you know sort of we we use that name for like anytime we record music um the evolution of the testosterone tones it was it was <laughs> and, and and we sort of and then we also like halfway through the summer as we were seeing all these submissions for different versions of what the mtv sitcom looked like we started thinking like we started getting ambitious and thinking like well you know what we know mtv as good as anyone you know, yeah. we've been watching it our whole lives. We're we have we have the energy for this. We have the 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 desire. Let's let's try and write our own version of the MTV sitcom. And we ended up developing some. Like they were like Jenny McCarthy was the was the actress that they had on this. They had a a a, a holding contract with her, yeah. and they were like just just betting big on Jenny McCarthy and thinking like, all right, let's let's come up with the Jenny McCarthy sitcom. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, we we came up with something that was like a it was sort of a, a Larry Sanders type show about backstage at like this is in the heyday of those like you know the Maury Povich like the daytime yep. circus TV show Springer uh, Sally Jesse Raphael all yeah. the whole the whole yep. yeah so we imagine Jenny McCarthy as the host of one of those shows mm -hmm. and like the and like what goes on backstage and 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 uh, it 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 didn't. It didn't get made, obviously. It didn't become the MTV sitcom. Actually, the answer to that question, what is the MTV sitcom, that was answered like 
a couple years later like they, they took them a while to figure it out but it ended up uh being uh the uh, uh the osbournes yeah which, absolutely. Like, if you think about it it's like that is like when you think about it, it's like yeah exactly what the mtv sitcom should be because it, it was like doing the thing that they did well already which was reality but uh and and bringing in ozzy osbourne you know and and, uh, and it was such a i mean i that was like i remember when that show came out that was like groundbreaking and i, I feel like it doesn't get enough credit and attention is just like like it that doesn't. first season was so funny it was so yep. watchable and enjoyable so and anyway original that was, and, and original so, yeah there was, was nothing so like original it. yeah they had pat boone singing crazy train for the <laughs> yes. opening like it was really yes. funny uh but um okay so at this point here you're getting more ambitious comedy central's on a different floor like was Oh man, my my history is getting muddled here. Were were MTV and Comedy Central part of the CBS family at that point, or were at that point had they not? I don't know if they were CBS, but they were definitely Viacom. They were definitely okay. the same the same company. Okay. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, because we could. Did we that could, provide could... any advantages or or anything? Like, was it more inter office going to uh, apply for Letterman type type stuff because you were in the family already? Oh no, 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 it, a... it, it wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't. So what happened was we that was the summer ended and we were done at MTV. But the thing that we, the the sort of the one takeaway was uh, Jeremiah, our our, our boss, Jeremiah yeah. Boss Gang. He uh, we like, and he noticed us, and he like it was one of those great moments of like, and and I I've tried to do this now in my in my career, like like notice the people on their way up who who stick out and and seem like they're like they really want this and they really are are, are motivated and try to help them. And he, he helped, he helped Craig and I, and like, we're, you know, I'm here today because of it. Uh, Isn't that the greatest he, thing in the world? It is. Yeah. It, it's, I, I, I'm so grateful for it. And, and he, uh, but yeah, he said to us, he, he had been, you know, an executive, he'd been, he'd been a writer himself for, for, he'd like written, a, written, written and financed his own movie that he made. Hmm. Uh, and, and so he sort of knew that world. And he said, I have a friend who is an agent who, uh, uh, he's, he's, and he was like a pretty big talent agent. And he said, I can, I, I don't do this often, but you know, you guys have, have impressed me enough that, uh, you can, if you want to reach out to him, write him, send him the funniest material you have. Hmm. And in the cover letter, make sure you mention my name in the first sentence, say, say, uh, you know, Jeremiah Boskang asked us to reach out to you. Which and and that was all that was all we got. That was what we left with, like his blessing to do that. Wow. And we uh and and you know this is the day before email, so really what like you have to like send in a, yep. like put a stamp on an envelope and send it. A packet we, was actually a packet. It wasn't a yeah. Little a packet digital, was actually a packet. It wasn't a digital thing that you send off somewhere. It was an actual packet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Craig and I, then it was you know we we showed up to senior year with sort of like no idea what we wanted to do like like no 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 uh conservative plan for what we're going to do after graduation but right. this kind of pie in the sky plan but we had this one connection this one like possibility and so we spent the next uh semester uh really like with all our using all our spare time to generate material as a writing team like we we at this point we had like we had, we had linked up as a writing team. We're like, we're going to do this as a team. Yep. Uh, and we, uh, we wrote, I'm trying to remember now. I think we wrote a, a Seinfeld spec script. Yep. 
like a spell this is back when you had to like write just you know it, it wasn't like you you wouldn't send out a, a pilot to like you, you would send out like here's here's me showing that i know how to write characters on a show that's already very popular and already out there yep uh, so we wrote a seinfeld spec script and also this was the year like a little bit the year before but really that fall was the year craig and i both fell in love with conan o'brien awesome we were yep, watching yep. that it was and it was and and you look back it was it was that it really was like the formative season and and it was when they had like it was basically like their their writing staff was like you know the the yankees it was just like they had uh mm-hmm. it was like robert smigel was was yeah. there and, and like all these people and and uh we and and they were doing things like you know triumph the insult comic dog appeared that that season uh 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 pimp bot 5000 <laughs> uh just like it was like every night there was something funny and every night there was something just like like just astonishingly creative and 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 yep. and inspiring and we we fell in love with it and we and and it's sort of like that unlocked this whole idea cuz you know then you you start you think like okay I want to be a TV writer and you look at the landscape and there's not many options yeah. that don't involve moving to LA like yep. LA is like you know all of this stuff happens in LA and so we you got to go to Los Angeles and and Craig and I both love New York and we wanted to stay in New York the the options for staying in New York were these comedy variety shows like yep. like like Letterman Conan SNL um i think i think like the daily show it was craig kilborn then and it was just starting up um but those were the options so there there wasn't a lot but we really like fixed on well we have to get into we have to get onto conan o'brien we're obsessed with conan o'brien they they seem like an amazing the the it's it's an amazing uh environment to be in and, and like just to be working with these writers would be incredible you know it's it's pie in the sky but let's try for it so we wrote a we wrote a packet of conan o'brien material like like skits possible like uh we we, we did some we wrote some in the year 2000s wow. we wrote some like some oh that was such ads. a funny premise <laughs> it's three oh years God. before the year 2000 <laughs> i know i know and then they kept doing it like long afterwards Ugh, it was so great, so uh, great. <laughs> and so um yeah, we had we had these two things. We had our 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 Conan packet and our Seinfeld spec. Yeah. And um we so we put it in the mail, we sent it. Uh it arrived. Yeah, and this is where like we're living in Connecticut. Neither of us had ever set foot in Los Angeles. So we didn't know all we knew about it was like from watching like the player and like, you know, <laughs> movies. Uh so we're picturing it uh, you know, arriving in on Griffin Mill's desk and and we're picturing, you know, uh Tim Robbins yeah. opening it up. Uh and and it says we're gonna kill you. Oh, I no, love the said, tapestry. I love the paint the picture you're painting. That's so great. Yeah. These <laughs> yeah. perfect references. No stars. <laughs> uh but um we uh we we sent it and and I'm assuming what happened next was this agent, uh um whose name is Elliot Webb. Uh he okay. uh he got what our agency? Packet. It wasn't CAA, was it? It was Broder Curlin Webb Uffner. So his okay. name was, uh, and 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 they're no longer in existence. They they were swallowed up by another, by uh, another uh, agency. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they worked on, on my uh, my 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 back case for a car accident once. Those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can see them, <laughs> their, their their ads are on buses, and no, they they were they were they were a a, a, a very uh, respectable writing uh, writers agency. 
awesome. talent agency. Yeah. And um, but so uh, you know, yeah, I, I think the envelope arrived on Elliot's desk, and and the it 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 worked the way it was supposed to. He must have read Jeremiah Bosgang's name and said, okay, well, I I respect this guy, so I, I should take this seriously. I I'm guessing what he did then though was he saw like the next sentence was like we are currently seniors at Wesleyan University and he was like okay this is not for me but I'm I'm way too high up on the on the food chain to to deal with these knuckleheads from you know writing me from their college computer lab but <laughs> uh I'm going to send this I'm going to hand this off to who I, I'm assuming the lowest agent on the the totem pole at that time at that and and they gave it to a guy who had just been hired as an agent who was probably i i'm assuming probably working in a closet you know like like with a in a tiny little office and this someone walked by and said elliot wants you to look at this and so (laughs) he opened up the envelope and he looked at it and he liked it and he laughed uh, and he called us up He, he called the number and I got, you know, I get this message and it's like, hi, uh, hi, this is a uh, Matt Rice calling from, from uh Rotor Curl and Webb Uffner. I want to talk about your, your submission. And, you know, I'm picturing like, you know, it's, oh my God, this is a guy I'm picturing like a giant window with like the skyline behind him. And, like, and I just and, got a call you know, from Mike Ovitz. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the great thing is that this, this, young man who was calling us and i say young because he was in my in my mind he was like this this old wise like but he was like 25 maybe at the time 24 <laughs> i don't know he was very very young yeah. uh matt rice was his name and he is our agent to this day and he is oh now, that makes now me like so happy a, a, a managing partner at, at uta he's 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 like running hollywood now and and that but makes like, me so, so he, happy to hear that's amazing and it was a good, and, and honestly, like in hindsight, he was like, I mean, he, he's he's a brilliant guy, and he he uh, it was incredible company to be in among his few clients because the clients he had at that time, there there weren't many, but it was us, uh, Will Forte, was like as a, as a writer, was it, was, it wasn't oh, even yeah. like really a performer at the time, yep. and uh, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, who you know, holy also- cow, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, and 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 we through Matt we ended up becoming friends with those guys. That I'm I'm jumping ahead in the story, but like that that's how, and that's how we all kind of ended up working together on How Met Your Mother. Yeah. So um, but uh, yeah, Matt was just like he he liked our stuff. He he also uh like in in the first conversation he basically said like so I'm gonna be honest with you this Seinfeld script is no good. It's it's bad. And he he still talks about it to this day. Like like he'll still say like I keep it somewhere and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out and make you read it someday just to just to so you can see how bad of a sitcom writer you were at that. Okay, point. I gotta say this. I gotta say this right now. I'm so glad you're mentioning this point because I'm thinking that you are Gary Shandling going with your Sanford and Son script and and putting it in. Go and oh man! And suddenly all the doors are opening. No, I love the fact yeah. that that this is not that. It was uh I and I, I don't remember much about the script, but I the one detail I do remember about it was that it ended up being like the central the premise of it, the joke of it ended up being something they kind of did on the show the next season. And they but they did it in a much funnier, much better Larry David way than we ever could have done. But it was the the premise of our of our of our of our Seinfeld spec was uh that 
um, George gets in an argument with someone and they're making fun of him and he and he thinks of a cool comeback like a day later. Are you kidding me? Yeah, really? and, and it, was, it was it was the fist store called. It was it was that, but 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 ours was wasn't nearly as funny as that. Our, ours was bad. It was genuinely bad. We st- we started from the same place and we went somewhere that just like we we didn't we just didn't we didn't have it. But they okay. obviously had it, and we're still talking about it twenty five years later. Absolutely. But uh, but um, yeah, it was it was not a good script. But he said your Conan stuff is good, and like there, this, this you could do this. You could do like this is let's focus on. And we that was music to our ears because that was that was our first choice. We didn't want to like jump right into sitcoms. We wanted to like live in New York. And yep. Um, he, and he immediately said the bad news is, Conan, everybody loves working there. Nobody wants to leave. And it's like, well, of course they don't. I'm like, yeah, why would they? I, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, um, so uh, that's probably not going to happen. But I'd love to represent you and help you look for something that will happen. So we're like, okay, sure. <laughs> All right, we have an agent now, and it's like senior year, and 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 that was encouraging. But it was also kind of like, but we don't have a job. <laughs> we're about to graduate. Um, he also put us in touch with, uh, Matt Rice. The, the other smart thing that he did was he put us in touch with, uh, David Miner, who became our manager, who was, uh, who, who has gone on to become, uh, he managed like uh, pretty much every great comedian and, and TV writer that you've, that you've seen has, has at some point worked with David Miner. He's, he's a legend himself now. And, and he, uh, like produced 30 rock and, and all of Tina Fey's stuff. And he's, he's, wow. he's. He's a lovely guy too, and the how crazy them... is it to say that you 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 have those people in your in your orbit? How how cool oh, is that? I mean, it's... it's it's just tremendous luck. I mean, that's why I say it's luck. I mean, I, there there are so many people that you know. It, these are like like your 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 representatives are like the caretakers of your career, and you are like you know you're you're in their hands. Like you don't, yeah. and, and there's not much, especially especially back then when there was no real way to. Like nowadays, you can, if you want the world to know about you and know how funny you are, you you can go on Twitter, you can go yep. on, you can make a make a video and put it on TikTok. You know, you you can you can get your stuff out there and yeah. and it's seen. You're it, talking, and it, you're preaching to the choir on this one. I'm really grateful for the invention of the internet because yeah, it, the financial it's, it's, planner who had this broadcaster in him that wanted to explode out and had this love. There's no way that I could have ever done that in the conventional way. Yeah, uh, to do that, and 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 so I appreciate where you're coming from here. How the path is completely different today than it was back then. It really, it really is. And back then, you really were like, you know, yeah. I, I and 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 it it was the relationships that Matt had and that David had that that uh, that put us basically that eventually put us in front of the 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 people at Letterman. And I think Letterman like. We again, like uh, another lucky break was we, you know, we spent the summer like still generating material and and, and we did some, we, we interviewed at a couple places. Uh, we interviewed for like the Keenan Ivory Wayans uh, yeah. show. He he had like a, a, a yep. which in hindsight, we didn't get that job. And I, I often look back at that and think like, God, if we had gotten that job, we would have moved to Los Angeles. And you know, Keenan is like he's a he's a legend also, and he's he's made he he's made yep. so many things that have made us smile over the years. That particular show did not last, you know. Yeah, that, you would have been on the oh the one that wasn't in Living Color. 
you would have been, you know, yeah, and then it was, what? it was, it was and like, a, it, was a, it was a talk show and, and like, it, it didn't, it didn't last uh, for whatever reason. And, and, and we would have gotten there and like within a week had to look for a new job and, and exactly you know, living in Los Angeles, not knowing anybody. Um, but yep. as it happened that summer, I think, I think what happened was two, you know, usually, uh, you know, you, you'll lose a writer and so you have to replace them. And, and at Letterman, there was a, and, 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 and it's important to make this distinction in, in, uh, in sitcoms, if you're a writing team, you split a salary. So like one slot belongs to the writing team and you just make half as much yeah. as, as the other. It doesn't work that way in comedy variety. Like in comedy yeah. variety, you are two. If there's two writers, that's two slots. You can't you yeah. can't split yeah. a slot. So to find a job for two writers in comedy variety means two slots have to be available on yeah. a show at any given time, which is which is rare. But there and was a turnover happening at Letterman at this point, wasn't there? There was. Well, the, yeah. the, there were some some things that changed. I think I think Rob Burnett had just taken over or, yeah. recently, and 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 thing, things were yeah. It was it was. I think like if I were to really like, because I don't I don't know what conversations were going on. It was above our pay grade, but like mm-hmm. I would imagine that this was around the time when Leno was starting to pass in the ratings, starting yeah. to starting to gain on them, and the one thing that that Letterman could count on was uh, that he did he did better with like eighteen to thirty four, like with, yes. with the younger younger viewers. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, time marches on, and I think he was I think his fiftieth birthday happened around that time, and I think yep. like like we uh, I, I think there was like some sense of like we need to make sure that we're still connecting with younger viewers i i and again i have no idea if this is actually how these conversations happen but i do know that two slots opened up and craig and i applied for them and and for some reason they felt good about hiring two guys right out of college so that i think that's i think that's that it's something to do with with how that happened uh right before us uh uh like like a less than a year before us uh rodney rothman had been hired also Oh yeah, uh, there you go. He's yep. gone on to, to great things as well. But he was, yep. he was. At, I think at the time, and I think maybe still is held the crown for the run of the show of the youngest writer to be hired on the show. And then Craig and I were were number two and number three. Um, um that, this was by the way, uh, Don. Just let me know too. This is around the time that Doug Mitchell left, and that was the spot that uh, that 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 around that time that opened up for. Um, so if we're getting real specific here, yes, uh, and, I remember and, Doug. Uh, Peter I, I, Husick I didn't... left three months earlier as well. So there you go. Wait, sorry, Pete, uh, Peter Husick, yeah, Pete Hike, Pete Hike, Pete sorry, Hike, uh, I apologize. Pete and Alex, uh, were, were the writers, and they, they've gone on to like they work for uh, they worked on everything. I mean, they the uh, uh, Pete Hike and Alex Gregory, you can you can IMDb them, they're like they went on to to incredible things. I think they were on Veep, they they've like you know. All people I want to talk to as well. So any intros and anything like that, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. want to get, we're building a tapestry here. Um, sure. did, did did you meet with Steve Young? For, who did you meet with first when you, when you showed up there? Uh, we were, our first interview was with um, uh, Tim Long and Kate Adler. And Kate, Kate was a, uh, was, an, was an executive and she's gone on to do a lot of, she moved out here to LA and she's, she's, uh, we've, we've like worked with her a few times since then. Uh, but she was, he was the, like, would the love to talk to her as well, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. She, yeah. She'd be great to talk to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, Tim Long Tim. was, was yep. he was the head writer at the time, and and uh, he uh, he uh, yeah he liked our material. We oh well the other thing is that we uh, so it's the way it actually played out was that I think Pete and Alex left because I think that's it was it was two slots became available. So Pete yep. and Alex left, and they were looking to hire two writers. And so we get this call from Dave Miner basically saying, Letterman's hiring. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fill these spots fast. So you need, and we're like, great. Well, can they just read our our Conan O'Brien packet and see that we can write this kind of? And they were like, they need to see a Letterman packet, and you have like forty eight hours to do it. Holy crap! Do you remember yeah. the top ten? Do you remember the top ten part of that that you submitted? There must have been <sighs> it one. Would have been great if I had like I don't I don't remember. Okay, I I, I do remember the topic. The topic was that's what I'm asking. Um, Perfect. Uh, um, it was it was uh top ten ways life would be different if the if a dog were president <laughs> president was a dog and but that was the perfect. what i remember about it because they told us that that was the that was the topic that every writer had to write which was kind of fun because it was sort of like an sat it was like everyone's oh, answering the cool. same questions so you really like sort of like it, it was it was very scientifically controlled experiment of like which writers write the jokes that we like you know and, awesome. and I can't remember any of our, I can't remember any of the jokes. I, I, I should have, I should have like researched this before getting on with you, but. Uh, but no, no, uh, no, no, no. Like, like seriously, Carter, I swear to God, this, as far as I'm concerned, this is us breaking the ice and building rapport and all this sort of stuff. I yeah. would love to go deeper with more specifics uh, later on uh, in another episode for sure. So this is great. I I'll, love I'll this. look it up. I'll, I'll look it up and, 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 and I'll try and yeah, find that. Okay. No, but, no, this is awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But so, but it, I, I remember sort of the irony of it was Craig and I thought, oh my God, we're going to have to pull like two all-nighters. We've got 48 hours to do this. That You can't, you can't write a top 10 list in 48 hours. That's crazy. Not, not really computing that like, well, when you get the job, it's a machine, have, <laughs> you know, an hour to write a top 10 list. <laughs> like you have to, you know, it's, it's so we, but we did it. We like just just burn the midnight oil and we worked and there was like a diner and, and i was i was like staying at, at craig craig's mom god bless her like took me in and like i was like her like second son that 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 summer and she oh. let me stay in their guest room and so craig and i were um we were like just working at this this diner like like around the clock coming up with jokes and 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 we we made like a packet of material and and submitted it and um uh <laughs> and and we also like we submitted our resumes because we'd never done this before and like I, you know which which like <laughs> it sounds like yeah of course you know write up your resume too and include that but it's like what we found out is that like writers don't do that like like you don't like do like a a, a resume with like your and basically like we we had said like like included on our resume like graduate uh uh Wesleyan University Bachelor of Arts GPA three point eight or whatever you know <laughs> like put our GPA. so like they like like I remember like the first thing in the meeting was was uh, uh, Tim kind of making fun of us where he's like we loved your material and and we're you know we're really interested in, in meeting you and and we're really impressed by this GPA this is three point eight that's really uh, that's that's what we're looking for here at Letterman and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just a uh, uh, it was very funny but we had like a lovely meeting with them and just tim is just such a was such a lovely guy and was and, joe toplin there too 
Uh, he was, yeah, he was. We we didn't meet him then, but yeah, we worked yeah, with Jeremy okay. the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, then uh, we had a great meeting, and then we got called back for a second meeting, and the second meeting was with Tim and Rob Burnett, cool. and uh, the the executive producer. Yeah. And and so the first meeting took place on the seventh floor, and this meeting took place on the twelfth floor. So it's like, all right, we're moving up, and um, that was on a Friday. And so we got called in and, and it was, uh, uh, things were kind of quiet there. Like what we, what we discovered later on was that Fridays were, they, they didn't shoot a show on Friday. So Friday the was, day, the, yeah. was, it was the dark day and, and, and it was a little bit quieter. So we go and we go up to the 12th floor, um, and, uh, go into Rob's office and, and Tim is there too. And they sit down yeah. and, and, and we talk to Rob for a little bit, get to know him. And then Rob just turns to Tim and says, like, well, they seem good to me. What do you think? And and Tim says, yeah, let's do it. And Rob says, all right, you come back on Monday. You're hired, which wow. was like we, we weren't expecting that at all. And 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 we're like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. This is, thank you. We were start gushing. We're like, really? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was like it was, it was I can't nothing has ever compared to it since like no, no high has ever in in this career has as will compare to like that moment of like oh my god we're gonna actually write for david letterman we're like this is real uh and we're stammering and saying how wonderful it is and i remember rob saying like you just you should just know this is the best part this moment right now is the best part <laughs> starting monday you're gonna hate this place but the, enjoy this weekend uh <laughs> it was really funny and uh the 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 one other thing I remember about that day was Craig and I, we, we walked out of the office in such a haze. Like, yeah. like I, I can't believe that that just happened. This is the, the, the uh, offices of 1697 Broadway where, where, where the show, where the Ed Sullivan theater is located. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not, it's not a huge building and it's not a complicated, it's basically an L shape. It's not, but like we managed to somehow get lost and totally like forget where the elevator was awesome right past it and we ended up taking you know going down the and like taking the taking the right at the at the end of the hall like the l of the hall uh and found ourselves right in front of letterman's office and <laughs> and there's dave letterman just standing there in the hallway we like turn this corner and it's like uh, we, we uh and and like i just stammer he's like hello and like you know who are these two people that I don't know and that are just wandering around my office floor? And uh, I, I managed to get out the words, do you know where the elevator is? Oh, that's great. And I remember the way I said it, because I didn't say, where's the elevator? I said, do you know where the elevator is? As though the guy whose name is in giant letters on the on the sign doesn't know where the elevator is. And and he direct, he was very polite and directed us to the elevator. And that was that was the, uh, the only time I met Dave. Uh, uh, but it was really, it was great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost like you almost had me. You almost had me on that because it's like there are people who could say exactly that. That was the it's, only time. Yeah. The only time I met him was on the photo, the photo day where we were all gathered together yeah. and he showed up and that was it. Yeah. Um he was oh, very what surgical a in his appearances. Story, Carter. What's like, that? That is a charming story. Oh. Like that is really and and and, and you know, Rob being tongue in tongue in cheek about this, uh, because I mean you know, he's not wrong. Like, like everything changes at that point, but the same time as everything is changing, that means you're learning how things work. And every time you see how something works, the whimsy is also there because you're seeing 
you're seeing it and 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 you're there yeah. live and in person and for five years um do you remember the first time like did you and craig get something you, you start on the monday did you get something on that week or was there a slower uptake to finding the voice of the show and what to do and how to do it did they hand you any uh refillables to kind of work on it first uh yeah. what were what were the first uh weeks like God, I'm I'm really like it, it's it's I wish I could remember the exact what the first joke we got on the air like because I think it might have been like a top ten like the top ten list is that's that's the thing that everyone the has to work on every day so like it was, yeah it was yeah. probably a top ten joke it was probably the yep. first thing we got on the air yep. and for the life of me I can't remember what it was maybe maybe Craig will remember um I remember our first uh well. And 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 on the topic of our, our us beginning, so like we, did, I, and and I'm I'm I can't really remember the. I feel like it happened a week into our run. So so we we got the job and we, and one of the things Rob said to us in that meeting was like, here's what the job is. The job is, pick up the newspaper, read whatever's on the front whatever's on the front page write jokes about it like that's that's the show and and like and it was at a time when like the, the new york daily news and the new york post were like a good were like the perfect like sort the good of headlines they were good the, headlines because because you would know it's, you. it's never going to be you know it's not going to be the wall street journal it's not going to be like you know right. the fed raises interest rates it's going to be whatever <laughs> yes. the the dumb thing going on in pop culture is or whatever you know like like so that, that was it was just read good the advice. newspaper write about it. and this is before the internet this is like yeah. The internet was not a factor at this point. So it really was like, you know, every every writer gets their papers delivered in the morning and then read that, write jokes. Great. Yep. Uh, and our second week, it wasn't our, it would, be, it would be a funnier story if it was our first week, but it was our second week, the Sunday night going into the uh, the, the next Monday um, was when uh, Princess Diana died. And okay, was... so this is Don mentioned this earlier. Gabe Abelson talked about this because he started the same week that you guys did. He did. That's right. And yeah, Gabe was Gabe started too. Yeah. And and how do you prepare for a monologue after this cultural, crazy, dark, sad, yeah. so was... sad event happens? Okay, yes, 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 yeah, yes. It was stunning. And and it really was like, and it was a great sort of first curveball to get and to realize, like, oh, this is like you know, we don't have control over the things that we're here to talk about. And, and, yes. and, uh, yeah, it, it prepared me for, you know, it, it, during my time while I was there, like nine 11 happened. And that was, that was the ultimate thing that like sort of changed like the way you look at comedy and the way you think about like, Oh, what can we make jokes about? What yep. can't we? And, 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 uh, so it was a good, yeah, the, it was, it was a good sort of first surprise. And I mean, I, I say good, like it was very sad, but, but no, it was a learning, it was a tremendous learning experience it was. Uh, for, for a world event. And you realize the gravity of the show. Like you talk about nine 11, like, like we talked to Tommy um, about that. I want to have Tommy back on the show again. Um, he was one, yeah, he was one of our oh, early yeah. guests and, and, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the, the Bush stuff. Uh, and how how you know where you guys were at with 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 president then president bush at the time um versus what it turned into after 9-11 and when can we bring it back to and and, and, yeah. and he did something so ridiculous and not politically walked into a door or something like that and they're like fine you can do it again you can make fun of him again but but yeah the the, the ebbs and flows of of culture yeah. around you uh what was acceptable before no longer is or vice versa uh that is a stunning thing 
to negotiate your writing career through, um, and you've done it through all sorts of challenges, including now into 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 post internet, and then of course now to to the PC times, and and it's it's a a fascinating thing to talk about being able to write during all of these eras, and I and I I love that. Don gave me a couple of um, little uh, little hints here: Sesame Street and Julia Roberts' Restraining Order. Those are the two things that Don sent me here. So Julia uh, Roberts' Restraining Order. That was the that yeah that was okay. The Sesame Street thing I don't remember. Okay. But the Julia Roberts restraining order was that was our first mailbag letter, I believe. If I'm, unless I'm mistaken. And you guys did a lot of mailbag. You got a you 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 use that part of the franchise a lot, didn't you? Yes, it was a uh, yeah, yeah. We 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 ended up taking over the mailbag uh, after when Rodney became head writer. He yep. he was the head head of mailbag and so so we we everyone kind of shifted up the ladder and and we ended up taking over uh, uh, Julia was September fifth, ninety seven. So that's right around this time. Like that's okay, early yeah, that be, on. Yeah, yeah. That was like two weeks. Diana into the passed show. on the thirty first on the uh, the end of August, I think. So yeah, that's bang on. Yeah. Um, and so that what was, was yeah. that, that? That must have been something like that, because I mean, you know, uh, would have been would have been very very neat to see. Oh um, yeah, that was that was huge. I, I, I that was, uh, and it was just it was a, it was a nothing joke too. It was just like a. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember like the context of it. It, 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 it was somewhere. The punchline was like Julia Roberts. It was like, I think it was like, did Julia Roberts get you anything for your birthday? And he said, Oh, you know, just a restraining order. Boing. And, and, and like there was, and then, but Good then the joke. joke was that like, we played this music and there was like, yeah. Oh, it was a thing where it was like, if you'd like a transcript to this joke, send send a, a self-addressed stamped envelope to Julia Roberts restraining order joke, care of, and it was just like, that's a dumb little joke, but yeah, that was that was the first one that we uh, we got on. Did you uh, ever talk to the? Because um, I, it seems to be like Ellenberg when he was on the show, he talked about you know you end up being uh, you know the phone person uh, on the writer's floor, and then you end up being the writer's assistant where you go through the mail and things like that. When you did stuff like that, send the self-addressed stamp envelope to. Did very many people do that back then? Were there still people who were like, I'm in on this. I'm going to send a, you know, and, and thus, you know, helping yeah. the creative process grow more. Yeah. So the way it worked was you had, you had heads of departments, you had like the head of mailbag and the head of, and the head of remotes and and the Stangle brothers were the head of remotes and they were, uh, and remotes was on Friday when we weren't shooting a, a show, Dave would go out and shoot a remote and do something funny out in the world and they'd film it and make these like three minute packages yep. uh, that, that would, that would air like in the act four of a, of a, of an episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, uh, um, and and ev all the other writers, you were sort of like everyone was a utility player, and everyone was just kind of, uh, you you would get like uh, like really like talking through like the structure of your day as you show yeah. up, and and you're you're sort of there there would be a meeting in the morning where we just sort of like talk we we would like have FaceTime with each other and 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 and. Uh, not like computer FaceTime, but like actual FaceTime. I should yep. be clear. Uh, and we would uh, um, just talk about like what's in the news and 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 what are we going to do? Like what what are, what are the big assignments that are going to be coming up? Uh, it was sort of where like Tim and then Rodney and then the Stangles, like the head writer, would sort of like touch base with all the writers. Yeah. And then we'd all go off to our like the first thing. I think sometimes we would like maybe we would we would. I think you, we would show up at the morning meetings with uh, 
with top 10 topics. That was the thing that you you would show up with. And like, so yep. what's the topic t- going to be? And everyone's read the newspaper and everyone sort of like said like, oh, Mayor Giuliani did something funny. So maybe we'll do a top 10 about that. Or, you know. Was there ever consensus? People would come funny. with the same thing. So you knew you were all on the same wavelength or were they all original and different or fresh or did it? Did it they were, uh, I mean, this was, I think this was especially at a time when, um, you know, Craig and I had grown up on on you know the the weird top ten topics that were like you know top ten numbers between one through one and ten you know things yep. like that that like yep. we always loved, but when and we still did those from time to time, but for the most part, there was a real push to make the top tens topical and have them have them really reflect something going on in the news, and yep. so that that was always the. And so often people would show up and and pitch the same thing because you know if there's like one big news story everyone sort of eventually get gets around to the same take on it. Yep. Uh, but we would have that we would have that meeting and I think we would even like settle on a topic. I think we I think sometimes we would just like and and it was a time you know we usually I think we still had to pitch things to Dave and so Dave may, maybe they would I think maybe like the head writer would take like a few topics down to dave and and pitch them to dave and then yep get approved when it would get approved basically then then we would all shuffle off to our to our offices and um we would uh the the assignments for the day would arrive in the form of these xeroxes like like the 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 head writer would say okay we got this we got this 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 uh topic approved and he would say to the intern tell the writers you know the topic is this yeah and we we want a, a passive jokes due at 11 o'clock and right. so you would, like you'd be sitting in your office just twiddling your thumbs and then the intern would come by with a with a xerox everything would get everything was a xerox and, yep. and it was like a, a, a that just said in big letters just written handwritten in big letters you know top 10 things bill clinton did on vacation because because yep. maybe the story was like bill clinton's going on vacation Top and are you and craig in an office receiving this 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 memo back are you two in the same in in in, in speaking or in uh in voice reach of each other and you start bouncing off each other or is this something that you would do in solitude at this no. point uh craig and i were uh yeah we were in the same office we had two desks yeah. in the same office so everyone had their own office and everyone everyone got the got the Got the assignment with the with the 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 topic and and yep. due by 11, 11 a.m. Uh, I think Craig and I, you know, it, early on, I think we 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 sort of like riffed together, and then eventually it became it's it's probably faster if we just like each write up our own. Yeah, like just sit there and and, and write, and 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 sometimes if one of us has an idea that's sort of half formed but we can't figure out how to word it, we would like yeah. check with each other. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you would you would write them up and then print it out and and uh, put it in the there's there was like you know all these different like on the door. It's really like I'm I'm it's unlocking my memory of this, but I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're talking about this because I I don't want to like forget how things used to work. There was you just like, you just defined why our show exists, Carter. You yeah, just literally you defined why we why we're doing what we do. This Perfect. is awesome. It, yep. It, yeah. Uh, the uh, like on the door there were a bunch of different like. Uh, uh, like kind of like slots, like folders to, to not folders, but I want to file things. Like I don't know, I don't know what the word for. Yeah, it like is. a like an inbox that sits on your, like on your, on yeah. your door. Yeah, there's like, yeah. A, but there's like a bunch of different inboxes, and there'd yep. be like one for top tens, one for 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 mailbag, one for remote ideas. Oh, that's for, so cool! Do you have a picture extras. of one of those? 
Do you have a What's picture that? of one from back in the day? Do you have a photograph of one of those? Like that is. I, a really I might. Cool I can, I'll dig around and see if I can find it. But oh, uh, that's cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that was the structure of your day was like assignments come around on a Xerox and it'll say, and so like the things that you could get assigned were like, you know, top tens were the big one. Uh yeah. the 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 head of mailbag, Rodney at the time, and then and then us when we took over would ask the writers for uh mailbag ideas because that was something that mailbag was on friday but it was something we would compile through the through the week and it was, of course. We sort of like it was kind of like the longer uh, the, the 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 stuff that took a little uh, a little longer to like get together because there would be like tape pieces that you'd have to shoot i was just gonna say stuff. especially if you had a remote or a tape piece that went along with it that yeah. yeah which was often yeah and that that took a little more work and and uh we uh um uh yeah you would you would you would get your you would get your assignment on a Xerox and sit down at your computer, write write as much as you could, come up with as many jokes, and then and then print it out and and drop it in the drop it in the box and wait for your next assignment. Like that that was that was kind of the the structure of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was you, there would be like mailbag letters. There would be extras was a big thing, which is just like like a funny thing that Dave can throw to like a one joke. Yeah, that, that that's that's more than just a joke, but but like like a little tape piece or something that you could throw to in the act one. Yeah, um, we'd also would need act one ideas, and 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 often like there would be things like uh like know your current events was was a thing. I think it was like every Thursday with know your current events, and so yep. we would have to write those jokes. Uh, and um, and then you know interspersed through the day, also we would we would meet a lot in the writers' room for things like if there's like a Dave's video collection piece coming up, we would yeah. like, we would watch the clips from Dave's video collection and, and write, write funny jokes about them. Yeah. Let's punch it up. Yeah. yeah same. Yeah. And that's the collaborative process there that, uh, that you got to enjoy as well, which is yeah. again, from all everything that we've learned here so far on this show, different than a lot of other writers rooms, uh, in which can be, you know, uh, borderline predatory. Sometimes uh, there was a lot of collaboration as well, not just with you and Craig, but with everybody. There was, there was actually one of our, like some of our closest friends right off the bat were, uh, I mean, the, the Stangles, we re we really connected with and became good friends with them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, Will Forte was, was, was starting out. He was a writer for, and he ended up leaving the show like, like about six months in. And I, I think maybe he, he might, might've been that his contract didn't get picked up because yeah. he's Will Forte. And, and it, was, it was a very interesting thing because it was, it was a great lesson in, we started, you know, when we first got there, he was like the other, the the next newest writer, and so yeah. the three of us kind of became this this inseparable little team, and and became such good friends. And will I mean the whole the whole experience was such it was so uh, humbling in terms of like realizing like oh professional funny people are really funny. People yeah. who are professional funny people are like funnier than like your friends that you hang out with. Like these people are like 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 when they're when they're really good at it they're like they've got this antenna to heaven that like brings sends them things that you would never think of in a million years well and, and when you're describing will forte though like you're also describing basically a cartoon character come to life uh, like yeah, well, as and, well because i mean he's a performer of like yeah. he must have been doing the funny voices and things like that too as he, you, he was, you know. like his he was the and and he was uh, because he was just a writer like we were his audience and and it was just like we we had like front row seats to the will show but it was an interesting thing like the real lesson of it was that you realize like 
it's not just about like get get a funny person for this job and and they'll make it great because right. Letterman especially was so I mean this is at a time I think when you know the everyone was aware that this was we were past the heyday of like the rebellious like yes like reinventing television Letterman like the Letterman yeah. of the 80s yeah. where it's unlike anything anyone's ever seen like we're in a different a combination of like he had spent a decade doing that and also you know he was on at 11 30 he was wearing a suit on stage you know he's at the Ed Sullivan Theater it was it really we're on CBS now yeah. it felt like we're this is like you know prime time day like like we yeah. want we want this to be like they wanted this to be like a real like have like a broad audience and, and this they is made a CBS's show tonight show uh, it, this is the this is yeah. the, the pinnacle of late yeah. night tv and it needs to have a tone that shows yeah. that while still in, in having dashes of the previous uh you know in the basement type uh you know cable access type type feelings that they had but strange uh you know those had echoes in the in the big show but there are also echoes of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show in that show that needed to be incorporated. Is that yeah. am I saying it right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I, okay. I think that's 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 one hundred percent. And I think I think especially for Dave, who like Johnny was sort of what sort of the star that he was steering his boat towards. Like yep. that 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 was and and also Dave having now spent you know almost two decades on on television honing his his character his persona like who he is knowing who he was and what his voice was like you really realize like the thing with will you realize like oh it's not just be funny it's be funny in this specific way yes like exactly like fits dave letterman exactly and will like it, it was it was such a great moment because like when he left the show it was so sad but it was also like like you just knew like oh but he's gonna be he's gonna yeah. be fine yeah because he's this this isn't this is this is absolutely for the best because he is going to he's he's not going to blossom being a writer for dave he's yeah. gonna blossom by you know getting on snl and being and and people seeing like this specific thing that he can do that no one else can do and that was exactly what happened and and it's been such a joy like will is such a sweet wonderful person like it was such a joy seeing that happen for him, like seeing. Well, him you know, you, you go from working on Letterman, and this is the part that I can't wait to talk to people. Like Will Will's a great example of this. Louis C.K. is another example of this. Um, the, you know, how many times did somebody work on Letterman, and then when they came back to guest on Letterman, um, <laughs> yeah. and and were specifically told, "Do not talk about your love for Dave. Do not talk about how you used to work for Dave. Like, do not talk about these things." Yeah. But at the same time, there are so many little full circle things that happen this is this is a prime 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 example of one of the ones that that we want to you know help talk about a little bit with our show because we have no problem talking about our love for dave we have no problem talking about these little things <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is a really really nice example i i think about like um again paul sims is one you know i loved you know after letterman i loved news radio and then i loved i, I loved uh, of course larry sanders i mean of, of, of course um you know louis a good example of that um there are others as well where where a Judd Apatow actually on on Larry Sanders I loved watching his name in hindsight going up in the credits as the years yeah. come by or went by and then suddenly freaks and geeks and now Judd is like this crazy you know 
uh, Hollywood. I, you know, you you have a class of people who are around. Judd might be a little bit before your time, but but you have a class of people that you have seen this happen with. It must be incredibly fun um, to 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 have that around you professionally and personally. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tremendously, and and, it, and it's like. It's been. I mean, this is. I I I think about this a lot because I'm as I'm as I'm transitioning into being an old guy in comedy as opposed to <laughs> the young. I, I was, you know, Craig and I began our career being the boys and being the kids and like I think I think Dave's nickname for us was the Backpack Boys. We never heard him say this to us to really? our face. Like, be like, what are the backpack? I mean, you know, and I think in a loving way, but like, that's sort of the joke of it was like I don't think he ever saw us wearing backpacks, but like we just had this vibe about us, like we like. We're like College two kids. dudes on campus who like yeah. wandered onto the stage. And, uh, so oh, like, how fun is that? Uh, um, but we, uh, but you know, I, I, I like for the longest time, like part of I think my identity as a writer was the young guy, and and yeah. now that I'm sort of grappling with like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the young guy anymore, not by a long shot. Like I'm yeah. now like way out of that 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 uh, that category. Um, but the it, the good thing about getting older, I found, is is especially in this business, is like you really see how like I feel like the right people get rewarded eventually. Like like wow. you do like there is like this sort of uh, and 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 like you know uh, like like uh, Rodney Rothman working with Rodney, he was yeah. such a such he was like had so much energy and so much intelligence and so such a like like worked so hard to like push through to get to the funnier joke or to the, to the, to, to the more, the, the thing get, get past the thing that you've seen before to the thing that you haven't seen. And it just felt like, Oh, he's gonna, you know, he's going to do something great eventually. Like a after Letterman, he's going to do something great. And he went on to win an Oscar, you know, he, yeah. he's like, he wrote the, the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And, and also with Will, like, it's, it was just like, it's, it's, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, it's been nice seeing, seeing people blossom like that uh, over the years. And and more often than not, it's the people that you want it to happen to. So, so. this is a very cool uh, thing you've brought up because it's an intergenerational thing within the pants world. Um, you know, it, it started with, I shouldn't say it started, you know, it started with Shecky actually. Um, I'm, so Rick Sheckman was, he's my boy. Yeah. Um, you know, my conciliary for this show was Rick Sheckman. I love Rick so much and I miss him every day still. And, and one of the things that I love about Rick so much is when he and I would talk on the phone, he would talk about how proud he was of people that he hired, like including Mary, like, like, like just, and, and, and the people yeah. that he hired that went to do something within the show or went to do something, how proud he was when Kellison was on, you know, immediately puts me in contact with O'Donnell. Because O'Donnell did that to him, pulled him out. He was this kid that just, and, and, and O'Donnell saw something in him and pulled that out. And now Kellison wants to do that for others. And he kind of like, I, I love how much of that there was within the fabric of folks who ran, um, you know, this body of work. And, 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 and I love hearing you talk about it because you're that next generation. You know, I think about Grossman and Ellenberg right now at the Tonight Show. They're the older guy writers who used to <laughs> yeah. work for Letterman, you know, with a bunch of kids around them too. Like, uh, it, it's very, very awesome talking about all of this stuff. Now, I want to be, uh, okay, 
I can go hours, just so you know. Yeah, like oh Jeff God, Martin and I went three well. hours, so we're fine. <laughs> how how are you doing for time over there? I just want to make sure uh, we're good. I can do I can do a little bit longer. I, we yeah, get a little can... longer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm and okay. Obviously, like I feel like there's a synergy. Obviously, you will come back, right? Like yeah, sure, I, yes. Okay, awesome. Course, yeah. Because uh, I still want to get to mutual friend. I still want to get to. There's a bunch of things I want to get to still, but there's no way we're going to. So uh, I'm going to talk about. Uh, there's a. <laughs> Giller sent me a bunch of things, but one of the things, which Muppet is your favorite, Bert and Ernie in Twin Beds? And then the quote is, Dave and his Canadian buddy can kiss my foam rubber ass. Uh, I don't know if that rings any bells for you or not. That was our first, I don't I don't remember that. That that's that that sounds like a Craig joke. That's that, that that's very funny. <laughs> that, that feels like that, that must have been Craig. That must have, was that our first one? That must have been. I don't know if it was your first one, but it was it was definitely an early one. Okay. Um uh you know august it seems of 97 so yeah that's okay. that's that's yeah. that's early on um okay so um and i want to talk about writers uh I, because i mean we're okay so there's a really neat little segue where have you been in your writing career where were you during some writer strikes that happened oh uh yeah um whatever at letterman for one i don't think i don't think i was i think maybe there was one for how I met your mother, maybe. How many writer strikes have I been? Was it two? Was there were there two of them? I, I'm trying to remember if there was. There's one. I think if there, I don't know, the, the one that I really remember was during How I Met Your Mother. That was in in what was that 2008? I think was it 2007 something like that. Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was uh that was uh, I think that was like in, was that like exactly six months? I think it was a six month strike. I, yeah. I, that's the one where everybody, Conan and Dave and all the guys my were guy. growing the beard. And and Pants made the, everyone was growing the beard for it and everything. And then Pants made the deal outside of, that was the that was the hallmark of that one, was Pants made the deal outside of the the WGA to go back to work. Oh, oh that yeah. was That was that year, I think. And then the oh, one right, previous, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, the one previous was around when Survivor came out, because that was the kind of the birth of the reality show. Um, yeah. Okay, so so you were in the business at that point. I'm just trying to figure out where. Uh, yeah, no, I was. Yeah, I was in. The, it was season three of of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, I, I think it was. It must have been like in the fall. I think of, of How I Met Your Mother because I think it was like. I, I think we were about ten episodes into season three. Yeah, when it, when it started. Yeah, uh, and I remember that because we, the last episode that happened before the strike because you know you're like when a strike is coming up and 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 we're in the situation again now and and yes. so it's like it's, it's you you really like you you go into this like philosophical like 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 you sort of like ask these questions about the nature of like what is what is what is scab work and what is not scab work like yep. specifically like if we like hustle to like make extra episodes that'll that'll is is that good or bad is that because it's it's bad in the sense that like you know realistically what you want to do with a strike is put the hurt on management as hard as you can yeah as, as fast as you can so that it gets the strike over faster but at the same time you like you know you, you want to like you have a, a, a crew that you're that, that is working on the show and you want to make sure that they have have get as much work as they can get and and so we what we landed on was we uh we hurried up and got one last script ready that that we really finished like handed in at 11:59 wow. before the strike began yep uh and 
it was the only it was the only episode that could usually the way and I'm jumping ahead to to my life on how I met your mother but usually the way how I met your mother was was made is we would write a script like the the writing staff would write the script together and it would be you know we'd, we'd have a few table reads to get a sense of like did this does this joke work does that joke work yep. and eventually you show up with a shooting script and it's realistically it's probably about 75 to 80 percent done because then you get on the set and there's yeah. a right there's always a writer on the set which doesn't yeah. happen anymore and that's part of what we're going on strike about actually right now because writers nowadays they 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 they've turned this they they've they've sort of uh, uh uh nickel and dimed this this gig of being a tv writer down to this thing where you're just like you're in a room just for the writing process and then you can just you know you can just kiss off into oblivion once the writing is done and then yeah. and then it goes and the, the show get the the showrunners on their own for the actual shooting and editing and all that stuff whereas you know at the time writers were a part of everything and we had the writers we yeah. always had like two or three writers on the set yeah for the entire shooting of an episode and yeah. and we would um uh you know you would inevitably be making little changes seeing what works you know you would you would rehearse every scene and then and then huddle up and say like, okay, that joke didn't work. Quick, what else do we have? Yeah, yep. Something else, you know, or, or or you'd see opportunities where it's like, oh, I love the way Neil did that with that line. Let's expand that and, and add this line, you know? And, and and so much of it was that collaboration on the set. And so this episode, it was called The Platinum Rule for people who know the show, they can go back and watch it. It was the one episode that we did that did not have any writer on the set. And and so like wow. in preparation for it. And, and does it show? What, uh, I don't know. You know, I think it turned out really good, actually. I think, okay. I think the episode turned out great. And yep. so I was, I was very proud of it. I think it was like, I think we had also gotten into this complacent sense of like, for us, like a finished script is like 75% there, which I think drove production crazy, by the way, because they just, like, <laughs> just finish the script, you know, don't, don't like, I, I, I was known on, on the set of How Met Your Mother is shoot for days, bays, because I would like <laughs> always like have another idea, like, wait, let's add this and, and Let's get one more take where we do this and and but this was the one where I was like, all right, we have to just like whatever's on the script is what they read is what the actors are going to perform and and we'll do that. And so that that episode was uh, written and 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 submitted and then it was the first episode that it was just the director on the set. Yep. And and Pam Fryman, who like if if you're going to trust any director to to get a great episode, it would be Pam Fryman. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, December 7, December 10th, 07 is when it aired. Okay. Yeah. That was, it was 07. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, it, 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 it also, we were in, in the edit room and so much of, so much of the fun of, of creating how Met your mother took place in the edit room. And this is one where like, I like had to go through with Sue Fetterman, our Emmy winning uh, editor who, who put together so many classic episodes and just sort of go through and say like, here's what I think we're shooting and here's how I want it to play. But like, yeah. I'm not going to be here. I, I I think I, the one, one detail that I remember putting in was, was uh, the, la the, uh, the last scene is a montage under the song, uh, Ooh Child from the 70s, Aww, which was right like, on. and it was kind of like, it felt like, all right, this is going to be our like sort of wink to like, we're going into the strike. Yeah. Things are going to get easier. It's going to be okay. We're going to oh. get through this. And and that was sort of like, because we knew that like 
this could be the last episode that airs for two years. Like the, yeah. there could the strike could, could last forever. And, and this could be the end of the series for all we know, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that's my memory of, and, and then we were off on strike for the next six months. And it's, it's looking like that's going to happen again here. Obviously we hope that, uh, uh, you know, cooler heads can prevail and, and, and get these artists paid. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm seeing all these articles. We just started our Twitter on the Letterman podcast, started looking at it seriously. And and, and some of the, uh, you know, yourself and, and some of these other writers that we're following that are talking about this, you know, the idea of, of, of to get into writing now, you got to have a, like, like me, I've got a financial practice, which helps me so I can do this, which is, you know, the old Jim Rohn thought uh, you feed your family during the day, you work on your fortune at night. This is me working on what I consider to be my fortune. This is me being me writers who do that. Um, you almost have to have a gig in place to be able to afford to get into it. Or it's a, you know, some people saying it's a rich man's game to, to get into writing, which is such a shame because so much good writing comes from uh, the struggle and, and, and the ideas of how you're getting there. This episode today, talking about you guys getting hired and the struggle to get hired and, 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 and the adversity uh, and, and, the, and the, the victory overcoming the adversity is beautiful. And, and, and you, know, you want to foster a place where writers can write and they can get yeah. paid to write. They can feed their family to write. And, and seeing all these sentiments that are there right now, I know that you have a unique perspective talking about this um you know how important is this uh part of where entertainment is right now with what the writers are going through I, i'll say like because i, I want to just just to push back on one part of that and and, and to explain like i feel like like first of all like i i don't <laughs> I, i'm always hesitant to say and, and to even suggest that i that i struggled in in getting this job because i really was like I, I look at my biography and like I'm just so aware of like how lucky Craig and I got just just to like it it did not take us long to get a job and and it's also like it it, it like I strive there's there's a great book that David Lynch wrote uh, about creativity hmm. uh, God what's it called it's like finding the bigger fish or it, we'll get it on. we'll get it in a I'm second find it. I'm gonna look it up right now I'm I'm uh, I'm Forgive me while I Google here. No, 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 not at all. Uh, Scott Ryan, who wrote The Last Days of Letterman, Hatching is the big also fish. a, he's a huge Twin Peaks guy and he's right in that world right now. He just released a, yeah. a book about Lost Highway. Uh, what was the oh, book um, of David Lynch's it's, book? It's Catching the Big Fish. Catching the Big Fish. Okay. And, and he, which, and it's a great book on creativity and anyone should read it. And it's, it, it deals with transcendental meditation and, and like all this thing. But he makes one really great point in it that I think just like really nails it, where he, he talks about the idea that like, there's this conceit that great art comes from suffering and that, and, and that it's just factually not the case. Like you have to, he, he says that he talks about like, he writes, you know, his, some of his, the things that he creates and the things that he writes are horrifying. Like yeah. just, just like yes. horrifying images and stories and, and terrible things happening. But he, when he goes to work, he goes to work with joy in his heart and, and he goes to and 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 he says like you can't and and also um uh oh gosh I'm trying to remember the name of the comedian she had the great uh uh special uh Nanette was that what it was called uh gosh I'm so I, why do I not remember names anymore I'm I'm getting old I guess well that's, uh, that's Hannah, what Gadsby. Happens. Hannah Gadsby Hannah oh, Gadsby uh, yeah. she had the great where where she talked about just the idea of like this connection between like depression and 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 
are and how we how we, we we link those things together as though they're they're important to each other when in fact like depression prevents art and and like van oh. gogh wouldn't have painted his masterpieces if he didn't have his brother to take care of him like like we we would have gotten so many more masterpieces if he if he hadn't been struggling with depression and 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 the point being like i i, I feel like I just want this is all coming around to the idea that like we as writers like as a writer but even more importantly I think as a fan of television and of writing and of art like I just want to see artists supported I want to see yes. artists not worrying about how they're going to pay their rent so they can worry about how they're going to solve act two you know I I just that's all anybody wants and 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 it's so like the and the reason why I bring this back to myself is like I like I had Craig's mom taking care of me like she gave yeah. me a place to stay and like I'm I'm for will forever be grateful to that yeah. and and I had my own parents who like were were supporting me and 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 taking care of me and like if I had had to spend five years trying to break in which could have happened it could have yep. that, that could have been the way I like. I don't know if I would have been able to do it. And, and, yep. and, and I, I just, um, the problem that we're facing as writers is that we're, is that it used to be like, you get that job, you get the job at Letterman or you get the job on whatever your first job is. And you, it's, it's your foot in the door. It's your big break. And now you, you're getting a regular paycheck and you can stop worrying about all that other stuff and start like focusing on, how do I build to the next level? How do I get up to the next level? And people are are instead more and more just stuck on this hamster wheel of never advancing because, you know, all, all these, I mean, part of it is just the nature of the business has changed and that you don't have 22 episode orders for sitcoms anymore. Now it's, you know, you get, it, it's six scripts and and, yep. and that's it. And, and, and like, it, it just kind of creates this environment where people, you never feel never feel comfortable and and i feel like yeah. you have to like to create good art you have to feel comfortable you have to feel like like you're gonna be okay and and you've chosen and you know i i always i even like i i'm a a, a very strong supporter of my union and 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 yeah. i i just in unions in general i believe everyone every man woman and other in, in America, in the world, should be in a union. I think unions are a good thing. I think they get yeah. a bad name. They they get a a a a a, you know, they're they're given a bad name by bad actors wanting to prevent people from taking their own destiny in their hands as a collective. Everyone uh, should be supported and yes. and and rallied around and encouraged and have someone to represent and represented. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like, and I also feel like there's there are some people that go go to a place of like this dogmatic, like it's the right thing to do. And I, I almost feel like this is where it's like, we are in a capitalist society. And like, part of me just feels like it's set aside whether it's the right thing to do or not. It's the thing we can do and we should do to to, oh. to, to take care of our own. And, and it's the thing that like, it's like, you know, use the leverage we have because someone else is going to snatch it up. I think there are people, Hollywood is divided into two camps, I think, of people who, who come here to make art and people who come here to make money. And like the problem is the people who come here to make money get very good at making money and yeah. they get very good at taking advantage of the people who make art, who come, come here to make art. And so I just want to like just whatever, however many nickels we can get away from the people here to make money and get them into the pockets of the people here to make art just makes for a better Hollywood.
So yeah, Don says your talent produces art. And I mean, yes. And, and you think about, um, you know, the, the, pro the, the projects that you have been a part of that are, uh, you know, synonymous with your name. When you think about this, um, the talent that was there, the collaborative talent, everyone around, you know, uh, from the people in front of the camera and behind the camera, both these franchises that we're talking about today, your, your, your franchise is how I met your mother and congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Uh, what a, what a roaring success, uh, for both you and Craig. And I hope to say it to Craig in person one day. Uh, but, and then of course, being on this legendary, uh, you know, Ronan Letterman, you're talking about this collaboration where there's talent in every single department that produces this, that collaborates and produces this art. Uh, you said that very, very well. You also have moved into, you wrote a novel. And and I mean, I'm, a, I'm an author myself. I, I know what it's like to read a book. I didn't write a novel though. Um, but but uh, The Mutual Friend, a romantic comedy uh, of a novel. Mm -hmm. and, and I love that. Um, I don't know if we're going to get time to talk to ASAP. Okay, we, we, we've got all, I've still got all sorts of stuff <laughs> I want to yeah. ask you. We'll do that the next time. We'll get some specific bits and start reminiscing and doing all that. Sure. You've shot your, uh, you've shot a... Um, uh, a Walter, you've had the Walter treatment. He's come to see you. And I did. I got the Walter treatment. Yeah, awesome. I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a cut of that yet. I'm. I'm very like. Uh, very nervous to see uh, how I come across. But. Uh, oh my but, gosh. Yeah. Uh, you're you're you're. Your money. Your million bucks. You're awesome. Right, you're you're gonna come across great. I I can't wait to see the moments. Um and yeah, again, this is just this is just blossoming right here. We're gonna turn the the Craig and Carter thing and their mark on Letterman. <laughs> We're gonna talk a lot more about this as the uh, as the lifespan of the Letterman podcast moves forward. So don't worry, everybody. I know we're moving to the end here, but um, but we want to talk about the mutual friend uh, because now you get to this place where you're on the other side of projects like How I Made Your Mother and all this, and you've got some stretching room, some breathing room where you can start doing some of these things that aren't motivated by feeding your family necessarily, but have always been there. Has a book always been there or did that come along as you were in the process of building your career? Uh, I think it had always been there. I, you know, I, I, I was really into writing fiction in college. And then as oh, soon as cool. TV writing became a thing that, that sort of eclipsed fiction for me. And, and I like knew that I wanted to work in television and I got, solid 20 years out of it and and it was great and and i um uh but then after yeah after how i met your mother ended it's sort of yeah it was like sort of the 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 the, the sun moved away from the moon and suddenly I, there was the moon again and, yeah. and i think i had felt like i had reached a point where i i because it is it is you know the joy of television is collaboration and and working with this company you know of of artisans and actors and and like clowns and jugglers like it's just yeah. that it's it's so fun it's so fun being in that world um but especially when you're running the show like you it can wear you down the way that the way that you have to you have to go through the song and dance every time to like get basically get the person with the money to part with their money to to let you make the thing i mean that yeah. that's and that's in every every version of pitching boils down to that it's, it's like prying open someone's wallet to to tell your to and you can't tell your story until you've convinced someone to spend the money to help you tell your story because because cameras are expensive and actors are expensive and i think i after a few years, like with How I Met Your Mother, like it was such a like, just a conveyor belt from our brains onto television. It was so great oh. that it was just like, we could just like any idea we had, 
you know, we, 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 we barely had enough ideas. You could say that maybe we didn't have enough ideas, you know, like we, <laughs> every idea we did have made it onto the show and was like, wow. and, and so that it was such a joy and such a gift. And that's why, you know, I think initially we said like, oh, we'll do this. This will be a seven season show. And it ended up being a nine season show yep. purely because when are we going to get this chance again? Like totally selfishly. Like I love this job. I love these people. When are we going to get this chance again? And then when that ended, like it really became clear, like, oh, you were back to square one now. And like getting someone to like, we, we made a bunch of pilots, we wrote pilots. And, and one of the pilots we wrote actually was the mutual friend. And, and it was, it was, it started that way. Like Craig and I were developing it as a, as a TV show and it just like, it didn't sell. It didn't. It, and we kept, yeah. we kept, and like every time you write a pilot on spec, you're writing chapter one of a story and you want to fall in love with these characters that you're writing about. Cause like, why write about something if you don't love it? Huh. And, and yet, you know, you would write chapter one and then no one wants to buy it. So it's like, okay, there's no chapter two, like whatever, whatever, storyline you've set up for these characters now will just like it's just a dud it's just not yeah. gonna happen it, it, and i just uh with the mute and i i there were some some of them were heartbreaking some of them not so much but each one of them i was able to leave behind and i was able to say okay well that on to the next one uh but with the mutual friend i just they were these characters were all like kind of versions of myself and it was something that i it was very personal to me and i i really like I just, I, you know, at the center of the book, the whole book is about a young woman named Alice who wants to become a doctor. And so she has to spend the summer studying for her MCAT so she can go to medical school. Yep. But the problem is she's addicted to her phone and there's all these crazy things in her life. And it's about her trying to focus on just doing this one thing over the course of a summer. And we set that up in, in the pilot. And I just, I just wanted to I wanted to see her do it. I wanted to, like, it was kind of like, I don't want to just leave Alice just out there floating in the universe, not becoming a doctor. I want to see if she can pull it off. And so I, with Craig's blessing, I went and turned it into a novel. And and that's, that's, and, and then, it, and, and in doing, you know, like that was, that was the, the initial driving force was just, I can't tell the story as a TV show because I can't get anyone to pay for it. So right. I'm going to have to tell the story as a book. Yeah. But then, sort of the magical thing that happened for me was <clears throat> I then kind of went off into the wilderness of, of fiction writing. Yeah. Uh, I'd been reading a lot cause I, I wasn't able to read a lot of fiction while I was working on how I met your mother, just cause I was so busy yep. uh, and sort of rediscovered my love of fiction. And, and the more I started working on, it, I realized like, Oh, this was supposed to be a book. This was never supposed to be a TV show. This is a book. And, oh. and the way I can say all these things that I want to say about technology and about about family yeah. and about ambition and 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 spirituality like i it it's this is the best format for it and and it ended up being this wonderful sort of three or three or four year adventure for me of just like and it's so different from writing television because it's just going into a room alone yeah. you know just just me and and uh, I, I would have like a little candle burning and 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 just say like all right i got to write a thousand words today let's do it and 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 high five myself and here we go you know I, and um so it was it was it was a wonderful adventure in that in that sense but uh yeah that that's that's how the how the book came to be and and now now it's got me like i i have other tv things in mind that i want to do but uh and, and and there's a few that i'm very excited about but i also like 
I, I don't know. I want to get back to fiction because I really, I really enjoyed that process. Enjoyed oh, that that is... So, okay. And now this could be one of those, like the possibilities. I just love the <clears> possibilities <throat> and talking about them now that this is a book and it's out there. Um, and, and, you know, I hope a lot of people, uh, or the right people, I hope the audience that you need to find with this book finds it and quickly. I hope that that happens for you. I know that that is an art in itself of, of getting yeah. the right piece of art in, re- in front of the right person. That's a, that's a difficult thing sometimes, but, but the idea of the romantic comedy in a book, I love, I, I love that. Now, that being said, you are in the television business, you are in the arts and entertainment business. And, and, and now that this is out there, I mean, how many shows are adapted? How many films are adapted yeah. from, from a piece that's out there? If somebody came along and said to you, okay, uh, yeah, let's adapt this or let's continue this, you know, with these characters, but let's not do it in a book form. Let's do it in a TV series. Is that something that you would ever do with this book? Or is this book so personal that you're like, no, no, I don't want anybody to mess with it. I don't want to collaborate. Um, no, it, it's 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 funny because we used to joke all the time about because the pilot pitching process is always it was always the same thing and it and it, it is always it's it's always like you think of a pilot and you create this like oh this is a tv show unlike anything anyone's ever done before <laughs> yeah we're gonna it's change so the world good. you pitch it and inevitably you pitch it to some studio and they're like oh, that's good that's good not for us but 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 really good work um but there's this magazine article from esquire that we have we have paid five hundred thousand dollars for yeah and we want you to turn it into a tv show and like in it's always ip ip is like it has to be and it's just the psychology of like yeah as long as someone before me has given this a rubber stamp and has has given it a thumbs up and said like hey i like this enough to print it in my magazine or i like it then the, the dominoes start falling and it's like okay now we can now we're we're willing to take a chance on this idea because someone else has said yes so my ass is covered uh and so it always it was always just sort of a running joke where it's like if you have a great idea for a tv show the worst thing you can do is write is pitch it as a pilot the yeah. best thing you can do is either write it as a book or go to israel and make it as a tv show there because like israeli formats like i don't know if it's still the case but or or like norwegian formats like <laughs> like they, they love buying like the 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 show that someone else took a chance on in another country and 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 uh so you know it, it's always like you know just tell your story in some other format and then make it a tv show and that was that's kind hilarious. of hilarious. I did not know that. I had no idea about that. I, I'm glad you brought that up today. That's a oh, that is a fun fact that I'm going to dive down a rabbit and turn into a rabbit hole. That's awesome. Yeah, and 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 it's it's you know I I don't even like begrudge the industry for thinking that way. I mean it's just it it you know it is what it is. Yeah, and again you have to always think of it in terms of like you are asking someone to give you millions of dollars. Like it's not millions of dollars of their money necessarily, but they are yeah. the, the as as the executive they are the steward of that. They are the keeper of the keys to that bank, and like they don't, they don't just hand it over. You have to like, you know, have some sort of like assurance that like this will be good. So that that's and that that's an easy way to get that assurance. So the point being, like, we sort of have always had joked about like, oh, next time we should like, you know, create some IP. And and as it happened, that's sort of what's happened with this because we wrote this pilot and it was it it, we were very proud of it and and it didn't sell i turned it into a novel i wrote the novel and now like we have the 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 pilot back in development and it's it's actually i mean i i don't know if i can talk about it but it's it's in the works and awesome it'll be yeah it it, it, it eventually it's funny because i'm like and just to like really like pull back the curtain on it like i'm 
I'm I've enjoyed going back to it, uh, you know, and 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 re-exploring it as a pilot. But it's also there's part of me that feels like now that I've done the book, like I've told the story. I, it's it's hard, like rewriting scenes that I spent so long on that I've been writing for eight years. You know, it, so there's part of me that feels like I, you yeah. know, maybe I'm now not the guy to do it, but but uh, I, I will happily do it if if given the opportunity. Well, that's why I asked, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, these characters, and I don't know if you thought like a TV writer as you were writing it for part of it, where you just couldn't help but, you know, cast it, you know, and have, have these characters in your mind and, and and they solidify and then the adventures they go on and you don't know what you're going to, your thousand words are going to be that day. And you can get surprised by them by the end of that day. And, and, yeah. and you, you know, you've developed, it becomes so, such a personal thing. Do you want to collaborate on it now? Because it is so personal, and and these are interesting feelings that you get to kind of negotiate and learn and learn about yourself doing. Yeah, but although I will say, like, part of me is like, I, 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 I'm the thing I'm most excited for is to find some other writers to bring into this process because I definitely, oh, cool. I, I, I love, I love collaborating, and I feel like I've told my version of it. So like, why should I? I, I, I hate when TV adaptations for things and movie adaptations are just like rigid by the book because if, if you've read the book it's like i don't need i don't need to see that version of it i want to see like i want to see someone take something and and go somewhere crazy with it like i i felt like like i think about like the uh like anthony Mangella's uh adaptation of the talent of mr ripley like he like if you read the if you go back and read the book yeah. n- almost none of that is in it like he took this and like instead of just like faithfully adapting like every scene here's exactly what happened he added characters he added all this wonderful dialogue he just like he used it as a springboard to to tell something new you know to to, to tell and 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 i i and that's that's the first example that comes to mind but there's there's plenty of others so i what i would love is for someone else who hasn't who isn't me and 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 isn't just coming to this you know with a sense of like well this is who i think alice is and this is who i think bob is and blah 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 like someone to read the book and and say this is 70% of what i want to say and then here's another 30% that's not in the book but is just coming from me i would love to i i, I look forward to that part of the story, storytelling process cuz i i don't know i i i, I that's tv is collaboration and and i i miss that so Carter, i swear to god this is one of the most profound things uh i've heard um in in talking to writers and i love talking to writers i make no bones about that because i've only really heard the other side of the argument you know shawshank redemption was so good because it was you know 98 percent what <laughs> king's novella was and i and and i've been guilty of that i've been guilty of loving a book so much and then going to see it in the theater and going, oh yeah, but they change like, and I and I have this rigidness in my head to hear that side of it, and to hear a creator say that side of it is it, 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 it nothing short of blowing me away. Like I love hearing you say that. Uh, that's not what you would necessarily think uh, the creator would want um, to so- have someone come in and monkey around with it a little bit. But you're talking about no, no, no. Let's collaborate on. It. Let's improve it. Let's 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 yeah, I, let's morph it. I love that. I think it's it's just it, it's like like I don't know. I, I there's a joy in like being just a part of a chain of of this chain of creativity that like and 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 being like knowing that you're just like uh, part of a bigger working organism. And and I I don't know. I, I yeah. I, I I it's it's I'm not precious about. Part of it is that like 
I, I got I got to write the book and I got to like do the version of this that is like exactly what I want it to be. Yep. So it just it just feels boring to me to like hang on to that. I sort of feel like that's not no adaptation to this could ever take that away from me. Like the words are printed on paper and like once they're there, they're that that's forever. So like let's see something new. I don't know. I I I, and, 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 I don't know. I, I I I mean there's you know yeah, I I I feel that I'm 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 trying to think of like would there be an example of something that like well, don't do that, you know, but like, I don't know. I, I No, like I'm thinking of Ready Player One to make your point right now, like the book Ready Player One and then the film Ready Player One, you know, very different animals, but very the same, the same, like in the same tone, but the, you know, the, the details were changed around in my opinion for the medium and, 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 you know, the film of Ready Player One, uh, very, very, very different. Um, I love that. I'm going to look at things very differently having this conversation today. So I just appreciate you talking about this. Okay. We are almost two hours. Uh, oh, I know yeah, I yeah. want to, I know I want to, I know I want to get out. I I don't want to get out. I, I could go another hour with you. I'm trying to be as conscious of your time as I can, yeah. but uh, here's it. If I have my way uh, that we can manifest a little bit, here's how it's going to go. Hopefully I can get a chance to talk to Craig um and 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 have him on here and then i would love to have you both on here i'd love to have you back to talk about some of these bits but but uh anyway that's how i'd love to see i hope you're open to that yeah, um, sure, uh, but don asked you a question before we hit the record button and i think it's a beautiful way to button things up a little bit oh yeah um, okay the legacy that you have at letterman which we're going to talk about more later on everybody you know don't don't get mad at us that we're just building rapport right now everybody come on we're going to talk about more late show mm -hmm. moments we will uh, this legacy that you built, um, you know, then you and Craig left, made your fortune. The night of the last Letterman, um, you know, May 20th, 2015, um, you know, you were at the show. I would love to talk about that, what that experience was like, the surreality of it. I don't know if you went to the Friars Club afterwards or not, but I would love to talk about, um, I'd love to talk about that. Oh yeah, that was that was such a wonderful little moment. Did you say 2014? Was that when it was? It was 2015, May 20th, 2015. 2015. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'd been back in New York for about a year. That it was like not not long after How I Met Your Mother ended. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was it. Was just wonderful. It was a wonderful little like like class reunion of all these people that I hadn't seen in years and years, and I was still good friends with a couple of them. I was still friends with with uh tommy and lee uh and, and i knew joe 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 started right after we left and joe grossman like, yeah yeah he's but, one of my but, favorite uh, humans yeah he, yeah he's, yeah he's delightful <laughs> i wish we had worked together because he's really funny um but uh yeah it was just such a delight to get to just go back and, and like like i like i i was in the in the old writer's room where we're like so many where my writing career began like what and and watching the show the way we used to watch it for four and a half years, which is like sitting around uh, eating takeout from one of the local takeout places, uh, sitting around this big conference room and and there's the table, there's the TV at the end of the table and we would all just, you know, watch the, the mayhem ensue that we'd spent, you know, the day writing or not me in that case. In that yeah. case, I was just a guest, but, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was the perfect, way to to end it for me is and was is so nice to go back to that and i thought it was such a great final episode and and like i remember thinking earlier in the week like i wonder if the foo fighters are going to come out and play everlong because i just thought like i know that's dave's favorite song and, the, and like the yep. cbs orchestra plays it i wonder if that eh, probably not <laughs> and then as soon as it was like oh 
Perfect. Right. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it was just a great night. And then going to the 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 Friars Club and seeing. Well, all these is, I think it's the Museum of Modern Art. Actually, the Friars Club I think was a few weeks beforehand. Or, or do I have it reversed? Oh, was it? Oh, I can't. Oh, I, I, have, I might have it reversed. It's, I might so have it. Ago. I might have my. Yeah, I, I vividly remember together. the Friars yeah. Club just because I remember. I'd never been there and it was just fun, like, oh, like yeah, going yeah. to this place that we'd heard all these legendary stories about. Yeah. Um, and just seeing like a combination of seeing people that I hadn't worked with in forever, which was, that was always exciting. But then also like meeting people that uh, like uh, that, that who had also, whose work I so respected, but I hadn't actually overlapped with. Like I met uh, Casey St. Ange when I was there. And, Isn't uh, she amazing? She's delightful. And, and we had never actually humans met. I don't, I don't think. I mean, we might have met like at some other thing. It would have like, been it was, really it was, like That was the first Rosie. time we like had a conversation in person. Like we'd yeah. gotten to know each other, like I think like parasocially, as they say on like Twitter and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was just delightful. It was such a like, uh, 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 and, and there was so much love in the room. It was really... It, and it's you know I, I without I I don't want to like uh, I don't want to paint an an, an untrue picture because like you know like with any place there is there is there is angst and there there are things oh. about working there that are like that I'm not going to talk about and probably yeah. most people that you talk about probably won't talk about no just because like it's water on the bridge now yeah there were there were there were difficult moments about working at Letterman it was a challenging place to work yeah it was a place where a lot of like uh, uh, emotions got very hot sometimes Absolutely. Uh, all in the interest of putting on a great show, but like uh, it was just lovely going back and having this moment with all these people that was just pure, purely none of that shit mattered at that point, grateful and joyful and, yep. and, and happy and just a big hug. And it was, it was, I think, I, I think it was therapeutic for a lot of people because, you know, for people who might have left, Will Forte was there actually. Like we got to hang out with Will that night, which was really, really fun. And like, I don't know, it was just, it was. I think it was the button everyone who'd ever worked at Letterman needed to just like put a capper on the experience and 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 uh, say goodbye. We talk about it like it's the pants family, and we use that word intentionally because it was a family. And when you think about like I think about members of my family, like and 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 you know the stuff that's happened over time with family, and there's always drama, and there's always stuff that goes on, and things like that. But then when it boils down to if somebody attacks a member of your family, it could be two brothers that just are at odds with each other every day. But if one brother sees the other brother being picked on, well, that's a different story entirely. And yeah. and that's why that word is used um, clearly, you know, and we don't focus on that stuff on this show. You know, when the camera goes off, I've obviously, you know, things get talked about and all that kind of stuff, but, but why focus on that? And that night, you guys being able to have that night, there was a lot of therapy that night uh, for a yeah. lot of different people in that room. And, and yeah. um, uh, I love, I love knowing that for many there is resolution, uh, some of which that was you know years in the making, and 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 so I'm really grateful to hear that. Um, we talk about Scott's book, The Last Days of Letterman, all the time on this show because to me, I don't know about you, I don't know where yours is, but we're we're of similar times and places and cultures and all that. Um, that last six weeks of Letterman to me is the golden age of TV. Uh, I, I just love that run the last six weeks because there was so much of what you're talking about. You guys got it on a personal level that night at the party, but we, as the, as the audience, you know, um, got to see 
so much resolution, so much celebration and, and, and culmination. Uh, I loved that. I love that you're a part of it. And again, I'm not trying to embarrass in any way, shape or form, but one of the things that I say specifically to the writers, uh, uh, you know, this show was with me since I was in elementary school. Um, you know, the late shift stuff happened right in my formative years, uh, you know, at the end of high school. And so it solidified itself and, and I became Mr. Team Dave guy. And I watched, I watched every single night. I watched through my own personal uh, ups and downs, you know, I go through a divorce and all that stuff. Guess what? Dave's still there every single night, 9-11, like you talked about these big world events that have happened. You, sir helped to create some of the gray matter pathways within my brain. And I cannot thank you enough for it. Like I, and that is right from my heart, Carter. I am so grateful for everything that you have done as part of the collaboration. And then of course the stuff that you've done outside as a result of that collaboration. Thank you for being you. Thank you well, for everything that you've done. Mike, I appreciate that so much. And, and, and I really like, I, I, I can't express enough how much, and, and I'm so glad that, that Don is here to hear this too, because uh, mm -hmm. I'll say like, it it part of that era of television that that among the many things that differentiated it from how it is now is that nowadays you get so much interaction with your audience like like doing how I met your mother and just like the twitter feed like just constantly like somebody in in alaska that saw your show can say hey that was funny or hey you guys totally screwed that up like you, <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get so much you get so much input and and so much um and and like like there, it was, it was, it, it was so much more challenging then. And, and I bring up Don because like one of the, like Craig and I running the, the, the mailbag. Yep. Like it was a, we were one of the, the, the only two writers. I mean, all, all the writers, like the, our, our only way of like really like interacting with the audience was these letters. Cause they were real. There were real viewer mail letters. And yep. A number of them were often from Mr. Don Giller, and like, and and there were a few times I think when we even and and Don's, you can you can correct me on this, where we like maybe even like if we had an idea for a for a for like a, a mailbag letter, we would say like, is there a Don's letter in there somewhere that that could that could set up this idea that we have? And and oh, sure enough, there would be because cool. he would send us so many. But it, and it really was like I, I, I say all this because there, even though. Our our access to the audience was limited compared to the way it is now. Yes. There was a, constantly an awareness that like this show is a conversation with our audience and with specifically with the knuckleheads who watch it every night and who like stay up late to watch it and who like genuinely care about it and love these characters like Biff Henderson and Alan Coulter, yep. Tony yep. Mendez. Oh, Alan, like like yeah. it was just I mean that was that it, it was it was and and it came from a place of us starting out as fans as well and being fans of i mean i i like letterman was much more a thing for craig i think than than for me like i was i i came to it a little later but like it's the same thing it's it was just like like you 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 know as a fan how much the, these shows mean to you and so you you want to like you want you want to do that justice do that that uh idea justice and and uh so yeah thank you for for letting us create i mean the the we have the same neural pathways because it did the same for me <laughs> well i appreciate that very very much i can't wait to get into more of this stuff with you speaking of don he just sent this picture i don't know if you can see that <laughs> is that the uh is the hello that deli from, that's the hello deli okay yeah that was right at the uh at the after the uh the finale or around that time 
Um, and now Rupert's retiring. Are you going to talk to Rupert? Well, okay. So, well, okay. So, um, and this is the part that I love revealing because of the smile. There is no better smile than this. Uh, the Letterman podcast, we have one sponsor and it's by design. Like, like this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is my internship. I want to work for pants. I want to do this for pants. That's what's going on here. They're very yeah. well aware of that. Uh, they would like me to stop saying that as many times as I do, <laughs> but I won't stop. But we do have one sponsor here at the Letterman podcast and one sponsor only. And that is Rupert G in the Hello Deli. He is a great friend of the show. After a few episodes, he reached out and said, no, I would love to sponsor your show. And uh, he and I have become great friends uh, over oh, this wonderful. time. Um, absolutely. So by the way, we'll do the commercial right now. If uh, if you want to get any licensed Late Show with David Letterman uh, merchandise, there's only one place that you can do that. That's at the Hello Deli. Go to hello-deli.com. Get your mug, get your shirt, whatever that wow. is. Rupert stuff. If you add, ask really nicely, Rupert will add uh, onions to your order. He packs them himself. And uh, <laughs> um, how awesome is Rupert? And how crazy is it that the deli is up for sale? Oh my gosh, it's it's crazy, and I, I'm sure there's more than one person who's tempted to like, to like look at their finances and think like, hmm, is there any? It's 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 crazy. I am like, you watch the show and you think like, oh, that's the you know, like you. I, I don't think it, it comes across what a part, what an actual part of the Letterman organism the Hello Deli was. I ordered lunch from there every day. Yep. I I shouldn't say I bought cigarettes there back when I was a smoker. Like it was, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I would get my morning coffee there. Like it was, and like Rupert and May. I feel like May doesn't get May is behind the scenes. Absolutely, she get as much. Uh, she yep. she wasn't out there, you know, with with the earpiece, like uh, nope. making a jackass of herself. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, Rupert and May were both wonderful. Just sort of the the. The, it was it was it was the cafeteria of the whole building and and everyone would meet there and everyone would and and they took such good care of us so yeah that's uh Very to them. I, I i god carter this has been great please stick around for a second after after i finish after i do the outro here uh is there anything else that you wanted to say before we finish uh your first appearance on the letterman podcast i can't imagine there is i, okay. I, I feel like i've said a lot so oh god this yeah, has been just, just that I'm, I'm grateful to be here and this was this was a lot of fun Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for the moment uh, we reached out to you and you said, oh, this is a great thing you're doing. Anytime someone who worked for the production says that to me, I take that right to heart. Uh, I think it is too. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, you, your support in saying that means the world to me. Um, yeah. So please stick around for a moment after I hit stop here, but I will do the outro and we'll go from there. Uh, holy cow, everybody. Um, this is another one of those episodes that just, I mean, you know, I can't, I, I can't act, uh, worth a darn. It's, 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 it's coming out of me like crazy. The joy that I get from this stuff. I certainly, certainly love the fact that I'm not alone and, uh, watching this audience grow, watching this show grow, what it is that we're doing. As, uh, Mr. Carson said, more to come. Let's just add the word much, much more to come. That has been another episode of the letter oh get go get the mutual friend go find uh wherever uh you find your books uh go get carter bay's uh book the mutual friend uh check it on out uh there we go so um as always uh this has been another episode of the letterman podcast with mike chisholm coincidentally i am mike chisholm thank you and good night overcoat and underpants <laughs>